Hey, I'm Fergus. Hey, I'm Zing. Welcome to Boss Mode. We've got so much stuff to talk about. Let's get right into it. Helping us talk through these important issues today. Our TV producer and legend, Rohan Acharya. And Chris Mills, also a legend, host, co-host of Failure to Communicate, an awesome podcast, which you must check out. Hello. All right. That's that sorted. Formalities out of the way, guys. It has been a crazy year for video games. And it's only going to get crazier. Um, Like, just in the past couple days, or actually past month, uh, Shadow of the Mordor was announced, which yeah. I know we're both going to be really excited for. Sure. The gameplay, they're really concentrating on the side of the gameplay that I didn't find that interesting, but okay, we'll see. I am, I'm going to play it, sure. Yeah. Did you guys see the trailer for it? Or any gameplay? Uh, sequel. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. You stopped playing the first one, didn't you? Because it was too grim. It was just bleak. Hours and hours and hours of bleak. So I stopped playing it, mm-hmm. and then like apparently... I stopped playing it just short of a point where you then go into open, happy, it's the second area. Yeah. fields. Yeah. It's gorgeous. The second half of Shadow of Mordor is beautiful. Green grass, <laughs> blue skies, flowers, but you stopped just, just short of that. Yeah, just before that. Uh, <laughs> and so I, and I traded it in. It, it was too late. But two, two almost looks like they've foregone a, an open world thing. And For quite a linear... Not even linear, it's like Mega Man. You choose which bad guy you're going to fight next go to his territory and then yeah because it's separated into territories and you go through them progressively um, and take them over but I don't know how that's all connected together I don't know if you'd be able to walk from one of those to the other so um, different connected stuff's quite nice though like did any of you play um, uh, Neo the yes briefly Neo the not Dark Souls (laughs) Samurai clone. <laughs> uh, it is like shamelessly taking the Dark Souls formula, which is fine. Like a, every franchise should look to Dark Souls for inspiration, but made it mission based, which I really liked. It was nice to be able to select it from. I, I mean, the beauty of Dark Souls was that interconnected world that you could run through start to finish. But but I feel like in Dark Souls that didn't really matter much because once you got to a certain bonfire and you were going for a certain area, you wouldn't really care about the journey most of the time. You wouldn't go along and explore along the way that much. Um, you would have your starting point and then there would be paths for you to take. But if you're running through, I didn't really feel that. Um, well, my experience of Neo is the same as Rohan's was for Shadow of Mordor because I only saw the first kind of hour of it when you were running around Tower of London for ages and the back of the flipping box said like you know beautiful Japanese vistas I was like what? <laughs> none of that it's just a dungeon and Noth- it looked exactly like Dark Souls that nothing first. is beautiful really in that game right. like it's not particularly <laughs> stunning yeah oh. uh, but it is very cool I did, okay. I did like it it's not Dark Souls is it good difficulty gradient did you like it, it starts off hard thing? and gets harder right <laughs> really hard yeah I found some yeah. of the bosses like really insanely not okay but I really love Dark Souls and I love how horrendous the bosses are in that like I feel a great sense of achievement when I finally do it and in Neo I was like this is utter bullshit I did like the 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 stances like yeah that that was really cool that single mechanic added so much more to the game to differentiate it from Dark Souls because on the outset it might look like Dark Souls but when you play it it feels totally different I've got a question go for it if in all of these games you have the 
push bit first. Why why do you do that? Why do you make it oh you're in the bunker for the first hour of the game mm. and it's awful and for the first hour of the game it's like in the most gloomy bit. Like so I many would have played Shadows of Mordor if it started in the sunny happy mm. bit mm. actually and probably stayed there to a great extent. <laughs> like like the Lord of the Rings was written that way. You don't start in Mount Doom and work your way back to the Shire. It is a thing for games. Fallout Three, you just have to spend the first couple bunker. of hours in the bunker, in the yeah. in the in the vault. Dishonored Oblivion, rats. Oblivion, a great game Oblivion starts caves. with an hour of fucking flipping yeah. dungeons. It's because they, they need to give you an enclosed environment in order to control the player path. Because these are all basically open world games we're describing, mm. and they you're suggesting they're QTEs essentially that the, you the, have to go through. To you game. have to go through the opening section because they don't. They need to teach you the mechanics. Yeah, so the the, the tutorials you have to do Abstergo in order to be able to get in the Animus. <laughs> Everyone loves the Abstergo bits of Assassin's Creed. <laughs> that was terrible, actually. Assassin's Creed Four is a perfect game apart mm. from that part, a quite mm. large part of it. <laughs> yeah, they're sticking with it though. They really believe in it. Did anyone see the film? Assassin's Creed film? Nah, nope. Did anyone in the world see it? Yeah, my son saw it. Okay, what do you think? He said it looked really good. It looked it was, really good. Yeah, it looked really good. <laughs> the action sequences are some of the best action sequences he'd seen. Um, but it just takes itself so seriously. I mean, they are speaking in Latin. Are they speaking in Latin or Spanish at some point, this thing? Spanish is pointless. No, I'm not saying writing off the whole of Spanish. Although they do have a lot of economic problems. Um, What I'm saying is they do. That's famous. It's a pointless language. But what I am am suggesting is that in a big blockbuster Hollywood film, I don't think that Assassin's Creed is the right thing to choose that. Motif for, but fair enough. Passion of the Christ, you go for it, Mel. I'm with you all the way. Apocalypto, go for it, son. What, you know, there are some of those films where, oh my God, they're big action splendors, uh, and for artistic reasons, they've gone with native language within within the film. Why are you doing that with Assassin's Creed at all? Mm. Especially when it's 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 the the the, the guy at Ubisoft who. He had the films commissioned, and it makes no bones about them being money makers. Right, and and, and they're, they're, right. they're always going to make way more money off the games than the film. So the film, the film, the series of films that they're planning for all their products, like they're all going to they're all going to get film treatments, it's like Tom Clancy's going. They're just big hands, um, yeah. which is fair enough. Yep, it is. They pay for themselves. Who was asking for them, though? Because uh, the, the Ubisoft franchises, I, I know they do really well as games, but who is that diehard of an Assassin's Creed fan that they are? They buy every single game and then are like, I need more. I, need I to want see. to see the film of this. Yeah, that's not, that is weird. Because they're not... I had a brief thing with, with known for The Last film. of Us, where, while playing The Last of Us, I did think to myself, this would make a great film. That's not the same as wanting to see it, because by the end of the game, I was like, I don't want this to be... Well, there's loads of games. Including a sequel. Well, franchises do go across lots of different platforms, right? You do get cartoons, spin-offs and video games that do very well. Um, Transformers sit across pretty much every medium except film. Um, (laughs) I like Transformers films. Okay. (laughs) I also have seen them all, and I also force other people to watch them. (laughs) And in that sense, I like them very, very much. Um... The 
the point I'm making about uh, the games to platforms is, yeah, you do see that with like, you know, you get a lot of manga. So the one, yes, that was it. The one for me was, I found myself playing The Wolf Among Us. Do you know this? It's one of the Telltale yeah. games. Absolutely loved it. And it slowly, well, quite quickly dawned on me it was part of the Fables comic book series. And I had bought all of Fables on my Comicsology account like two years previously because it was all on set. I never got around to reading it because someone who's recommended it to me recommended it in a way that hadn't made me go, yes, I'm going to read it. It recommended it to me in a way, well, screw you, I'm not going to follow your religion. <laughs> so, But then I started reading it all and it just blew my mind. And now I am going, actually, yes, can I have a TV series of it? And there have been false start, I think Once Upon a Time originated as a fable Was that a fable TV spin-off? series. So what? it has little elements of fables in it and stuff like that, you know. And yet it's gone into novels and video games and all sorts. So it can it can happen and it should happen. It's not that unusual to expect films to be made from video games. But video games are a first-person experience. And first-person mm. experiences don't necessarily make good third-person experiences. Uh, <coughs> You're forgetting the nine minutes of Doom that blew everyone's mind. That is the best <laughs> yeah. piece of video game ever. <laughs> on film or on video game. It is precisely the same. Let's let's uh, well, we've, 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 we we shouldn't be talking about this stuff. We should be talking about what do we start with? Breath of the Wild. Okay, yeah, I'm happy to to start off with that. So um, I think last time we were on the podcast, we mentioned that those we're going to talk about two big games today, mm. and Breath of the Wild is one of those. Um, I got it on the Switch, and I've spent a lot of time on it. Um, <laughs> Just not doing much in particular, <laughs> cooking, climbing mountain mountains, um, doing a bit of the actual story itself. Okay, but I love it. I'm absolutely in love with it. They've done just enough for me to kind of like. I really enjoyed Skyward Sword, but it was getting Zelda series itself was getting a little bit stale. You could it, it, it added a bit, but not enough. I feel like Breath of the Wild has kind of taken it to the next level, and and. You know, everyone loves it pretty much. There's a few issues with it, such as um, the weapon system. I personally don't mind it so much. Um, Is this about the weapons? Yeah, the the, the breaking weapons. They they have durability, basically. But the durability is very, very low. So after two or three encounters, it'll break. Um, And then you have to go and find more weapons or shields or whatnot. Um, but I feel like the advantage of that is that you end up trying a lot of different stuff. You go pick up different weapons and you're not stuck with the same weapon throughout the whole thing. You don't find one weapon and think, oh, this is really strong and then just stick with that. It forces you to kind of like look at whatever else you're picking up. But it'd be nice to have an ultimate choice, wouldn't it? Like in, in there's durability, obviously, in Fallout, say. Yeah. But you try other you try other things, and eventually thing is, settle on your weapon. Of I choice, feel like in Fallout you don't character. get in Fallout you don't get as many weapons. This you can look everywhere and you'll find something oh, that you can use. Right. Um, so you're never really without a weapon. Right. Um, yeah, I, I I got on the Switch as well as soon yeah. as it came out, obviously, uh, and I never was in a situation where I ran out of yeah. weapons but I did find myself in situations where in the middle of a fight I would hit someone send them flying they would drop their weapon so mid fight I would pick up their weapon and start <laughs> using that against them and that was really really awesome yeah. I will say that the, some of the backlash I think Breath of the Wild's got is a bit 
uh, trendy. Like, it's a bit trendy to shit on Nintendo now. Yeah. As this, like, really backwards company that do their own thing totally separate from everyone else. And I think that's kind of a little bit true. But it's like, Breath of the Wild, it got really good. The reviews were pretty much unanimously great. But there were a fair few people that did also go, Breath of the Wild is clearly a good, a good game, but the frame rate issues and the weapon breaking are like inexcusable and completely spoil the overall game. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like they're the same reviewers that go, Fallout 3 verges on unplayable at points <laughs> 10 out of 10 <laughs> GTA 5 is definitely you know D- GTA 5 ultimately is following an arrow and just just driving towards that arrow 10 out of 10 best game of time. <laughs> and it's like Breath of the Wild is pretty incredible and mm-hmm. I had never felt that the weapon system impacted it really but I, I do have an issue with the weapon system though is that your inventory is really small when you start off and you have to collect you have to find these, uh, what are they called? They're called Korok seeds. Yeah, Korok seeds. So you randomly find these little creatures and they give you a seed and then you have to collect them to expand your inventory. There's even with that, puzzles. Sorry. Yeah, they're, they're not even puzzles really though, are they? <laughs> Some of them are like silly, but yeah. You pick ne- up a rock sometimes and there's one underneath it. <laughs> well, That's not a puzzle. <laughs> it's just in the like, complete open um, landscape, there will be like a circle of rocks and there will be one missing. Hmm. And then you just go, that's weird. I'm going to go pick up a rock. And you go pick up a rock and put it so that the circle's complete. And that will be that's a hidden puzzle. Puzzle. But, but, but there's only that's five or six variations of that. Yeah, I feel like you you'll see that circle a bunch of times. Yeah, and I feel like that just kind of, I feel there like there are nine hundred yeah. Korok seeds in the game. I think you know yeah. in the top of like a, a bottle of magic bubbles. Yeah, you sometimes get that little thing with a little tiny little bead, and you've got to get it. Little metal bead. bead yeah, you've got to, just got to get in the center there. Yeah, that's one solution. It's definitely a puzzle. There's one solution. Yeah, puzzles can only be one solution. No, no, I'm not saying I'm misunderstood. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. It's about the complexity of the puzzle, I think, isn't it? Like, no, I'm I'm just talking that there should be different puzzles for each one. Oh, for each of right, but there shouldn't be. Time, but I don't just one rock missing. Well, not every single time, but there's only five or six different puzzles. Like one is picking up a rock. One is putting the rock in the right place. One is moving a metal box into into a slot. There's one mini game where you um, you have to shoot arrows at balloons. So it clearly um, gets to the stage where when you pick when you approach a Korok seed location, you're like, oh okay, I know which type of. Yeah, and I just do. feel like there shouldn't be nine hundred of them. I feel like that's unnecessary, and I <laughs> yeah. feel like you should be able to expand your inventory like sooner and a lot more. Yeah, that's fair. That put me off my man sky straight away. Mm. Straight away. Mm, as opposed to all the other things. I don't know. <laughs> well, I love the game. I can't play it because it is just. I oh know it's not about no mascot, but it is just. Uh, your job is to grind and collect materials, but there is not enough room for your materials, and so the whole exercise becomes admin. And that's a total waste of time. But I like admin. I do as a quite game. like, like admin. admin bits of games. Even Resident Evil Seven has its it's, has its limited luggage. If, if the balance is slots. right, then great. But if you're in Assassin's Creed 3 and you've just got a job now, 
<laughs> then you're not relaxing from your job. You're just doing two jobs. But, but managing stuff is like there's an appeal of that. There's a reason people play Championship Manager and mm. XCOM and Papers Please. Yeah, but in Championship Manager, Papers, you're is literally specific, yeah, <laughs> and it's great. Your your specific purpose is to get all into the admin of it, as I understand it. You're not having to do the admin in order to go do that awesome thing over there that you want to do, which is fighting a dragon or, you know, sailing a ship into another ghost ship or whatever, you know, you don't... If you want to run around doing assassinations, you don't necessarily need to be sat there thinking about how many beads you've put in which part of the <laughs> spot. No, love that. I love that. Like, when you used to play... When I used to play, like, old-school... Um, like JRPGs and there'd be this huge boss fight that is totally unwinnable unless you've got the perfectly specced out characters with materia positioned in the right weapon slots and do you arrange arrange the books on your bookshelf by date or colour or uh, alphabetically by author which way do you go alphabetically within genre is a good it's it's by colour because I like the aesthetics that look nice on the shelf (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, no, very much sure. arranged. <laughs> it no, is. No, I do. It I do. Fun. I get that. Yes, and it is. It does have a purpose. Admin, when when it is, it is a means to itself, basically, an end an end unto itself. Like Championship Manager, I don't get that as much. So I do understand the thrill of going flip. I only got six slots, and I know I'm about to go and fight a thing. Mm. So I need to work out what I have to take with me. That's that's good. The balance in, especially the old. Resi Evil 1 with Chris Redfield six slots so you're like I can take the shotgun with me but then I do not have enough space to pick up this item that I know I need to get exactly so you have to work out you have to run back and do a thing and then go there or it's and you know God the cor- drop something. Corridors didn't even let you drop it. No, corridors are full of hunters ready to kill you. Mm. And basically, they had that one jumping attack that would take your head off mm. in one. Mm. So you knew you were defenseless and you just had to run. Mm. That was great. Terrifying. Why were you even talking? I feel like <laughs> I, I do feel like there is what you guys are talking about is more strategy than it is yeah, admin. It is. I it think is. those two those two are quite distinct. I yeah. think admin is very very tedious stuff, mm. whereas strategy is. You know the stuff yeah. you kind you of guys, need to use. Did you guys ever play Just Cause Two? There were so many repeated assets in that, like bases repeated dozens of times with the same AI in the same positions. Um, that all the action yeah. in that felt like admin. That whole yeah. game was admin. Assassin's Creed in that in that way where admin is anything that's not exciting. Like you go, okay, and this is just a thing I have to sweep up now. It's not even there's no change. So nine hundred. I think my problem is I'm a gatherer. I I have to gather every. I have to check. I have to check when things aren't there to be gathered. Like every, I'm. I do a grid search of video games. Okay, so I have to check under every stairwell. I have to check. It's why you couldn't play Skyrim. Can't play Skyrim because it was three hours of me just looking in cupboards. (laughs) (laughs) That is Skyrim. I mean, that's not... I was told there would be dragons and... Loads of dragons. And, and everyone kept talking about how beautiful... I'm a week in and everyone's going, oh my God, it's so amazing. And I've literally been in one building your character reading books. Yeah. <laughs> but that's great that that's there. Of course it's great that it's there. It's bad on me if I get trapped in it. And <laughs> that trap is inevitable. So I'm saying that I have to be very careful 
with video games and making sure that I have a better balance. I personally, I feel like games like The Last of Us, which are fairly linear, I do end up doing that. I do mm. end up trying to find everything I can mm. possibly find. But you must. The Last of Us, you have to. I didn't mind that. You must. Yeah. And, and searchable I mean, places were clearly marked in The Last of Us, despite okay. it having a minimal HUD. Yeah. And part of, still the, part of the drama of the game is looking in places and not finding resources you desperately mm. need, you know. I, I was going to say, that's one thing in Last of Us is I didn't do everything because I got caught up just playing it. Like, usually I... Whenever I play a game, I try not to check trophies or achievements or anything until I'm done. Mm. So once I've finished it, then I can check and go... Because sometimes it would just be like, oh, you missed loads of stuff. And I'm mm. like, oh my God, I should do that. But Last of Us, I finished the game and just got caught up and just powered through it all. And I, was, I looked at my trophies at the end, 4%. From completing the game, I've done <laughs> nothing, <laughs> and, and I, 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 that was cool. But I, it, there's a balance to the game where it's like you can immerse yourself completely. In Zelda, you can talk to literally everyone in every yep. location, and loads of stuff that is completely, completely unnecessary. Well, one of the nice things is obviously um, we were saying we were talking earlier before this about dungeons, which yep. can be done in any order or skipped entirely, yep. and run straight to the final boss. Skyrim, you don't, you know, you don't need to read. Oh, no, no, no. The in-game no, 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 no. I need to fight. But I, reading is what I got stuck doing. It wasn't even reading. Even, even with the reading, after three days, I went, oh, come on. I, I respect that someone's written all of these words. I don't know why they've done it, but they've done it. I can't, I can no longer honour them by reading every single book. I'm just going to keep collecting coins now. And, you know, and it, even with Fallout, I lived a second life with Fallout 3, and it was fine. I found my balance through that game but normally that would be a game just slightly outside my okay, I have got a confession to make about Zelda which is that Zelda happened I didn't have a Nintendo growing up so Zelda happened to me so put it this way when everyone else had the BBCB I had the Acorn Bloody Electron right? that's what I got every time so <laughs> if you can imagine my life yeah. through VHS any kind of games got like everyone else had uh and then 64, and I was getting the Master System. Do you know what I mean? It was like, that's where I'm just two steps behind everybody until I became a student and discovered student loans. Then everything changed. <laughs> everything changed, um, including my uh, ability to borrow money as, a, as an adult. That's gone. <laughs> I don't have that available anymore. But it was so good at the time. So, so yeah, and I went PS1 kind of so I kind of Zelda kind of came into my life much later after everyone had been going oh Majora's Mask and all this I had it on a DS had it on a uh, on the Wii and so I was playing these games going, oh yeah oh Zelda oh, wow so magical and amazing but secretly I was going I didn't really understand it's all just triangular it's all polygons and I don't quite get one of the fastest I mean it's cute I mean there is a lot of nostalgia uh, for Zelda, like a lot of people who are total Zelda nuts, have were like played the games when they were young, played a link to the past, and so did I. Officially, so did I. Um, I, I, I feel like to me because it's been throughout throughout my life, right? That it may have more of an impact. Well, what I was building up to is just before because I I don't have this. I have got a Wii U, and I'm tempted to get mm. Zelda to play rather than a whole Switch. But the 10 seconds that you put the switch in my hand just now, 
and I looked at this thing, and it was truly beautiful. And even in the reviews and how people were talking about Zodra, I couldn't understand. Like, stills don't show you how it is beautiful. It is beautiful in a very specifically Japanese way as well, where Japanese can yeah. get very beautiful. And I just took a few steps and suddenly found that I was on a cliff edge, and I looked down, and there was a fire dragon. There was a fire dragon there. And I love dragons. And it was there. And it was a perfectly realised, beautiful, living creature. Just casually there. I don't even know. And I'm never going to get that out of my head now until I've bought at least two switches. (laughs) One for my right hand and one for my left hand. So I can double Zelda myself. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, okay, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. This time I understand. Yeah. I had a similar, a similar kind of. I was always Sega, as opposed to Nintendo. Yeah. And and I I think I've been quite down on Nintendo even, in the way you just were. You're jealous of <laughs> <about> Sega. <laughs> no, no, because I've always liked story. Right. Nintendo's never been the place to go for story. Yeah, I, that's that's true. There isn't much story in. But it is the place to go for fun. So yeah, <laughs> you know, swings and roundabouts, Super Mario Party. Seven was incredible times. A lot of fun. <laughs> um, there is a, a lot of fun. There is a, like a really nice minimalism and polish to their games. Yeah. In that you you know there'll never be a racing game better than Mario Kart. Right. It doesn't offer that much really. It's just what it does is really. I was talking to someone about Breath of the Wild on Go Eight Bit DLC. Actually, I was talking about it, and they were like, "What game are you playing? Playing Breath of the Wild." Oh, what's that about? Where's well, the Legend of Zelda game? What's that about? Uh-oh. <laughs> you're an elf boy who were you talking to on that production that was asking one, damn of, one of the runners oh, one of the runners was it Luke come uh, on now come on now was uh, it Luke no it, uh, it doesn't matter but I was trying to explain Zelda to someone who had it no idea Luke. what Zelda was and it was you're an elf boy and you have to save a princess but honestly it's a good game I swear <laughs> <laughs> no, but there, there is like Breath of the Wild just starts and it's like go yeah. There's like a, it doesn't pad it out except for 900 Korok seeds. I've just convinced myself oh no. of my oh no. other, other opinion. Quickly Quick. play it. <laughs> then you'll no, be back it, into it. A lot of it is streamlined. Like any Mario game. Just jump. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. They do make games fun to play. Mm. It is it's think fun to play is not the because every game is meant to be fun to play. It's fun. To, it's incredibly fun to play. If you are of a certain mindset, yeah, yeah. crippling autism, and I am, and it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, but playing any interactive medium, if you don't enjoy it, sure. it's really hard to sure. do it. It's, it's different. It's, it's has it's a different medium than film, where you watch uncomfortable films, yeah. and it's different. But because there's an you're an active participant in a game, you. You have to force yourself to play it, and that's really different than being a passive observer. Yeah. So if it's not fun, you turn it off. Although I've played lots of games where I'm like, I play it for too long, realise it's still not fun, and give up. Right. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's fair enough. Yeah, just like the only thing a, a book or a film has to be is compelling. That's a baseline thing. The baseline thing for a computer game is being entertaining or being fun. But with Nintendo, it's a very specific brand of fun that they've managed to spread across quite a few different, well, all their temple titles, basically. Like Bayonetta. And the Bayonetta is that kind of fun. It's silly. Yeah, it is. It's it silly, is. silly times. Um, sexy silly times, sure. <laughs> how, on, as a percentage, how many games of the games you play do you finish? 
Mine's like probably 10%. 10%. It's <laughs> really bad. I can remember the games I finish. Um, well, I've finished in the last two years. On 10 hands. How did the sense work? Um, me, me, it's about 80, probably. You're pretty high. Yeah, well, the ones, I, the ones I play, I'm going to play. I, I 100%ed a game we're about to play. We're about to talk about. Horizon, Horizon Zero. Horizon Zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's known as Zelda. Good. I do want to ask one last thing about Zelda because me faffing on about Sega and stuff like that was genuinely to say I've, I've always had a bit of an aversion to Zelda simply because I just haven't, I haven't played it and I've assumed that the story was rubbish and therefore I wouldn't be into it. Would you recommend it? The thing is, if you can, if you, if you can appreciate the mechanics and how much attention to detail is not just in the world itself but the actual mechanics mm. of the game and the puzzles and everything and the the exploration then you will enjoy it but if you need a story to compel you to go on it's not much of a story there is a story but it's not much of a story I like a world I like a world to explore if there's if there's enough going on in the world to make it feel like a coherent world then the world is excellent to explore it, right. it is one of the best open world games okay. I, like I've ever played, and I, I there is a, a story, but there's like not much to it. But the story there is really good, like the you know the basic story of the it is save the princess, but there's the more to it, and you know that that the ultimate evil, you know Ganon, the thing that is always there in every single Zelda game that you have to beat, has already won. Wow, and. It's like a hundred years later, and the world is in. This isn't spoilers. This is like no, no. This is yeah, I've heard this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, there is a story there that's really enjoyable. I'm just <laughs> saying, I highly recommend it. I, I, I have to disagree on the story part. Really? Yeah. I, I find the even even the characters and the voice acting, none of it is really doing anything for me. Not even the shark guy. The shark guy's probably the only one, but that's because it was like, this is crazy. This guy's really stupid. Or the like really snobby falcon guy. Oh, I hate that. No, it, it's just typical cliche characters. I feel like you yeah. go into any anime. You're a little, watch you're a little elf admit. boy going to save a princess against the ultimate evil. It's archetypes. It's not. Not to be cynical, but it does sound a little bit like stupid shark guy and snobby otter guy. Was it like falcon guy? Falcon, I think. sorry, falcon. Yeah. They're not. Um, they, they don't sound like compelling characters. They <laughs> do. It's interesting. No, they, they, they sound not to be. Cynical, but they sound a little bit like they're memorable because they stood out. Put those characters in The Last of Us. <laughs> Forget about. Oh, no, that's not that's not fair because <laughs> no, not fair. you know they're they're different. It's very Japanese. It has very Japanese JRPG, which it, it isn't a JRPG at all. But it has those kind of really. You know, whenever you play, it's and got wit. It's got wit, which Last of Us isn't really trying to have. And whimsy. Mm. Whereas Last of Us is just like, isn't everyone horrible? Isn't literally everyone horrible (laughs) and cannibals? Mm -hmm. The bit that's compelling me towards game, which immediately made me wary, was this idea of free, everything is free, exploration, there's no direction. And what's helped me here is understanding, oh, actually, no, you've just got, got to constantly get weapons. There are... Things that are going to force you and drive you, mm. so, but but seamlessly it seems you know in a in a in a way that you don't really know, know it's happening and I I love the idea of that that has made it way more mm. way more compelling to me now. I have to go. The characters are great. 
like I can't believe that. <laughs> and the story is so fun. No. What's his name? Hestu with the maracas. How can oh you my hate god, that guy. He's so annoying. <laughs> he has to do the dance. So when you collect the nine hundred korok seeds, when you trade them in, he does a little dance every time you trade four seeds in. Uh, yeah, I think so. It's four seeds in. So if you've got a stock of like. 30 seeds because you don't go back every time you get four seeds you have to watch that over and over you have to watch him dance seven times with a maracas <laughs> okay oh, oh it's sorry. really great right right, right. Oh, yeah. yeah that is perfect that is two very different types of gamers it's just <laughs> deli- it's a treat to play it's delightful and there are maracas dancing no, I, I thoroughly enjoy it as well I do yeah, I really do no way of skipping the maracas you have to every yeah. single time watch it you can, you can, you that sounds so so Nintendo to me. A little maracas dance that you cannot skip. You can so skip it. You can skip it. But why would you? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 whenever I start watching it, I'm in a trance, so I have to watch the whole thing. Because the way I play games, I would, I would collect all my hundred Korok seeds, give them all to him at once, and then just leave the controller for a bit, <laughs> and back to it in a half an hour, and he's done all his dancing. <laughs> That would mean you'd have to complete the game with only four weapons, which would be, or I think it's, I don't know how many you start with. Start, I, think we, I think you start with more than four. I think it's like six, maybe. I assume we're going to say it's one row. pretty stylish. Yes, it would. It would be stylish. <laughs> impossible. I assume impossible. No, 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 I don't think so. Really? Mm-hmm. Almost every- that makes me interested in the game for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Any enemy that has a weapon, it, it's yours when, they, when you defeat them. Oh, of course. So... Yeah, the weapon, I, again, go back to the weapon thing. I never found it was a problem just because it's just that constant. Mm. Even down there are some undead enemies, and when they die, like their wriggling undead arm is left. Oh, nice. You just pick yeah. it up, That's smash great. their mate's face in. Oh, wicked. What, the actual arm? Yeah, okay. and it's still twitching. That was a very vivid mind. <laughs> I mean, you were really seeing your friend's face. <laughs> when you no, their mind. mates. Their mates. Right. Their skeleton mates. Let's move okay. on. Let's back move on. Game. No problem. Well, you do that on first-person shooters all the time, don't you? In Uncharted, you don't take a a gun and hang on to it. You're just constantly sure. shooting through and picking up a new one. And sure. It's not that. It's not an RPG. I want my weapons used. If I'm a warrior in an RPG, I want to be able to level up. You want your winterized combat armour. And, and your weapons yeah, should be, yeah. yeah, all that shit. All that stuff. That should be... Little Bess. Talking of vaguely RPG things yeah, and boldly drawn worlds... Horizon Zero Dawn is incredible. I'm going to put that right out there. Who disagrees in this room just out of interest? I don't disagree. I want to get it. I've heard really good things. But nothing I've seen of the game makes me think it's quite as game like generation-defining right. as, as people are making out. It looks like a Ubisoft watchtower open world. I, I, I Follow the arrow. A little... Um, probably about half an hour of it maybe um, and I just to, to some degree agree with you like because I I mean I've told I've been told that the game opens up quite a lot about an hour in uh, by you actually Fergus mm. um, yeah. but the first hour has been just okay for me mm. like okay. There's a very, there's a very Have specific. You done the proving, the proving is the no. Well, yeah. the, pro- the proving, the proving is is. I I thought the proving was about an hour into the game, and the proving is when the story starts. Okay. And it's it starts bravely, 
and brutally and 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 does genuinely have a bit of an emotional punch even though it's all very earnest okay. and and um and does compel you to to do stuff the ways the, but that's not the reason it's 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 a, yeah, it's it's not it's it is genre defining insofar as it is the it is the best version of of this kind of game and it may only be an incremental quality increase from previous games but that increment makes it flip just great and really like but I'd say the two things that really really make it stand out are funny enough not the size of it it opens up the story starts after an hour the world opens up in stages but funny enough even when something I've realised about the game even when it's absolutely enormous you're not spending a lot of time travelling there's always things to do However, <clears throat> the two the two things that really make it stand out in terms of open world is something that hasn't really been done before, maybe not all at the same time, is the boldness of the mythology. Genuinely, the way they set up the politics of the world, tribal affiliations, the history, and how that's feeding into what's happening now. It has a good complexity to it, and it's well realised because you do every single person you talk to is embroiled in the political situation. Everyone has an opinion about the history and those people opine in such a way that they give you a mission to do. That's the other thing about it. Because of the way they've so boldly set up the world, there isn't a side mission or an errand that feels like a standard fetch or escort quest. It, it, they, every single mission feels like it's... Contributing. Really contributing to, to the to the overall thing even <clears throat> these bandit camps there are six bandit camps in the game some people have said oh these bandit camps are that they are those things that you just come across and have to do because it's a part it's a collectible basically an action collectible they're saying that because they have failed to to talk to the uh, like a guy who is really obvious Rohan very is probably, easy to find very easy to find Nils Nil, Nils Nil, he takes you he takes right, you by the on first a, hunting ground he gives you a reason to the bandit camps they do escalate and his story is, is very very good story that's sad and also the bandit camps are fine and also the bandit camps are actually fun to do well <laughs> I never thought um, in things like Far Cry have the the, the camps mm. thing and I never didn't like them as long as they're different, as long as it's not just cause two, where you're seeing the same camp every time, yeah. you have to strategize differently. I think of it as a Goldilocks game. What? Where okay. it's not too hot, <laughs> it's not too cold, it's just right for me. Maybe that's it's it. It's so just right, like Red Dead Redemption. Didn't like that. Just right for me. It was just right. Undead. That's quite an unusual. Thing. Undead nightmare. Wait, 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 way too cold. Okay. You know, I, I, Far Cry, a bit too hot. Right, <laughs> uh, just right. GTA. I found Far Cry so much fun. Right, exactly. Too much for a car. It's too hot. That had great emergent gameplay where you would be taking a bandit camp, and in my strategy, which is stealth, has failed the last two times. So you're on top of the mountain, <laughs> chuck, chucking grenades, <laughs> and, until dies, and then suddenly you get attacked by a bear. <laughs> great game. But yeah, sorry, you acted very. Uh, yeah, I, uh, Red Dead. Dead. Yeah, yeah, I. I I'm alone. I'm totally alone. No one has ever said this, but I really did not like Red Dead Redemption. All the way through to the end? No. I made it about ten hours in. I never got to the bit where, spoilers, the main... I haven't played it, but I'm pretty sure the main character dies. First time. Yeah, about 95% of the way through the game dies. Yeah. um... Genuine emotional response from a video game. First time ever where I felt 
uh, anger and a need for vengeance and I tore through humans that were lucky enough to be digital characters <laughs> <laughs> just, just on a quest for vengeance right. because I was that moved by the story and it was a really striking moment for me actually the storytelling could go that way and actually I think GTA 5 stands on that very well and I'm so excited about Red Dead 2 mm. um, but Horizon has taken me a bit by surprise where Shadow of Mordor was a bit too cold you know, and uh, a Fallout 4 is way too hot. This <laughs> is just right. I'm He's like, just right. right in the hot tub. It's also incredibly, it is incredibly beautiful. So, it, yeah, it, it looks, I, the design looks awesome. Um, I really like the aesthetic of the and it is, robot dinosaurs. I know this, this, isn't, this isn't new, the idea of, of like real-time strategy, as in when you're actually in a fight and working out how this fight needs to go. That's relatively rare for me in video games because I don't play turn-based RPGs, and so I'll get into I'll get stuck into a fight or a fight. Well, in, in, in Horizon Zero Dawn, there is a moment I took a bit of a circuitous route around something, turned a corner, and was faced with a T-Rex robot that I was massively underpowered against, and and it it had me in a little bit of a. I did push it. I could have I could have gone back to the last checkpoint and gone a different way, but I pushed it. And pushed it, and, 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 and I, I like that. That's very unusual. That that it, that that even underpowered, there is still a strategy that you can use eventually to work out how to how to win. It's a little bit of Dark Souls right there. Isn't it? it is. Now I say it. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. No. But then I I, I do I, I the aesthetic of robot dinosaur in apocalyptic America. It's just cool. It's it just makes me. Happy I think Gorilla so are just good at setting that up because because even though Killzone wasn't exactly the best game in the world. The world itself, I, I really, really liked. I, I loved the story of it, and I loved like um, the Helgas, which was the kind of alien race. Mm. It was just amazing. Okay, and um, I feel that they the design was nice. It just yeah. looked cool. Yeah, mm. the Pretty mythology is beautiful. The mythology in Horizon. Is great, a, yeah. I, I don't generally tend to listen and read to read all the little bits. You know, all the little things. Data that, oh, an audio type. Yeah. Uh, 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 Ah, I'm not going to listen to any of them. Not since Skyrim. Not since the Skyrim. But on these, I'm genuinely interested because it's unlocking the mystery of what has been mm. in the most beautiful way. And it is, it's what you said earlier, it is a genuinely new, valid science fiction franchise yeah. thing. It I is, do think it's a cool that it's a Mass new Effect one. did it. Mass Effect did it really, really well. I thought Mass Effect 2 built its universe so well that it stands up there with shows like Deep Space Nine or um, you know, or Galactica or whatever, any of those types of it stood alongside those things for me. And this has done the same thing. It's amazing. Even though it's quite po faced. It's rich. The balance is amazing. It is rich. I was gonna say I do like the fact that it's a new IP. Yeah. I think yeah. it is. I, yeah. While I think it's really cool that at the moment the like the big games are a new Zelda uh, a new Final Fantasy, a new Resi, Resi and I'm like really happy about that. It is cool when something new comes along. It is, it isn't is. it? Maybe that's why it feels fresh. Simply because it's a, a new IP. It's not an ir- those aren't original ideas in it. Frankly, post-apocalypse robot dinosaurs and can that's, be marked. That's it. been done in Transformers, as as we. Know. Yeah. Right. And it can it can be it turns out new IPs can be marketed. What, what's very interesting about the game? I still know what zero. It, it ends. You you don't know what zero dawn. Still not. Still not it, com- it comes up. 
it, it does have a yeah. Horizon is the name of the Horizon is the name of the franchise. Zero Dawn is the name of the chapter. Right. But that said, it ends incredibly satisfyingly to the to the extent that I I hundred percented all the trophies because the trophies on PS4 at least you get. I know it's P- PS4 only, isn't it? but um, yeah. you get those trophies kind of by playing the game thoroughly, vaguely thoroughly. Um, it's an incredibly satisfying ending of the story to the extent that I don't feel compelled to play it again. Usually I'll play something through straight again, straight away again. Um, but I didn't with this. It's just too satisfying. It's brilliant. It's brilliant and moving. A Goldilocks game. Sure. Sure. I do think that this year has been really great for games. Mm-hmm. And I think this is also my problem with Horizon Zero Dawn is that loads of stuff came out at exactly the same time. That's all really big. It's really so long. Big. I'm pretty sure it was the same week that was Horizon Zero Dawn, Breath of the Wild, mm. and Near or, mm. or Thomas. Yeah, and that's insane. Like because yeah, I can't. Tom, it deserved a lot more attention, frankly, in any other. Yeah, week, it, kind, it, it did. It. it did kind of go under the I've radar. Heard of it? It's, it's another Neo platinum game. Yeah, it's yeah the new Game Boy Platinum games. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know anyone that bought it. Yeah, yeah. and it was on my list. I love platinum games, but. I I passed on it. I was gonna wait because this is the problem I'm finding. I don't know about you guys, but like time mm. investment. Yeah. Horizon Zero Dawn is like an eight-hour game. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I can't. No, like, that's a lot, that of time. It's a lot of time <laughs> right now. Well, I just literally today had Persona Five delivered, which is another game mm. that's got incredible reviews. Mm. But I know that that is eight hundred hours really? of my life. Yeah. To what invest. are we gonna do when all of the games are good? No, but this happening. Revel in it. But how? We will only be able to... We'll form camps and tribes based on which <laughs> games we've had time to play. There yeah. would be the new rise of casual gaming, because sure. if all games are kind of... And they are just getting mechanically better and better as they're built yeah, as hot mechanics are being yeah. built upon. Yeah. There's a, I really like um, uh, Blizzard and Blizzard games, because I like that uh, I can play a game of Hearthstone in ten minutes. Overwatch, ten um, minutes as well. Like, I can just dip in and out and that will be the direction that it goes I reckon 10 minutes is a long time my game's last 3 minutes <laughs> right now in Hearthstone it's lucky if that Hearthstone's like Hearthstone's amazing if, if I tried it does, was it brutal I tried well, I, was, I was looking for Gwent and got Hearthstone basically do you know what I mean yes I want Gwent because that's a very simple I version of Hearthstone I haven't but. played uh, Gwent but I've I haven't played the Witcher games, but I know that the card games meant to be really good. I like card games. Hearthstone's really good, yeah. but at the Hearthstone, moment, right now Hearthstone's a mess. I feel like the, this is really geeky. Now getting onto this, the problem is is that you create your own deck of cards that you collect. Oh, I feel dirty, uh, <laughs> and then play, and it's only online basically. So you only get play against other people online, yeah. and it means that people Google the best way to play the game because there are always going to be decks that are better than others. Yeah. And there are about two or three decks worth playing at the moment. So every match is the same. What is it? Pirate Warrior. Jade uh, Shaman. And, and I don't know what the last one is. Probably Druid. Is this Shaman. all sort Jade of like Druid, Yu-Gi-Oh yeah. stuff? Is this probably no, it's, like it's, Magic the Gathering? Yeah, it is. Some cards yeah. together. Yeah. But digital. Like the cards aren't. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> It's genuinely a great game, but it's yeah. a hard sell sure. to anyone. It's yeah, a card. Definitely. It's a digital collectible card game based on World of Warcraft. No one wants on that. Sorry, did you spend money on it? I definitely have spent. Money I, on it. I did in the past. I get, I stopped playing probably about three months ago, but before that, I, I spent well in excess of two hundred pounds. 
I guess. Mm. Yeah. Sure. I pre-order every expansion, so I think I'm there too. <laughs> it's not a dent on my tapped out uh, expenditure. Which was? Is. Jesus. Ongoing. <laughs> six years, hardcore. I'm, I am a whale. I've been called a whale. Um, I've lost I've lost count of how many hundreds of pounds I've but spent on a reasonable something that does not exist as an estimation of does not exist <laughs> a collection of pixels are you talking upwards of 500 quid oh yeah if you think about the hours okay say if you spend 50 quid on a game about and you could get 50 hours out of it 1p per hour that's not bad okay, in terms of entertainment. In terms of entertainment value, that's great. I spend maybe. I mean, if you cinema is seven the, quid an hour. If you imagine spending every single poo you ever had <laughs> just doing that alone <laughs> before you even worry about all the rest of the times. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. Every bus journey. Hmm. You know what I'm saying. Well, this is what I mean about like, Money casual gaming. Gaming will head more that yeah. way, as it's the not, not disposable, but it's easy to pick it up. And put it down. Yeah. In some games, it's preferable to pick it up a bit. And I, I, I dip into SimCity, build it every now and again on the phone just to go, I'll just collect that money and that's it for a while. Yeah, I mean, I feel more and more that the balance between the two is becoming... So my console is vying for attention with my TV shows and films because that dip in, dip out, I'm just doing, that's all on the phone and the iPad, that's all portable. And I'm just recently, quite movingly, got given a, a 2DS, played heaps of Mario Golf on it, unlocked everything, and wanted to get the new Pokemon game. Because it great. sounds amazing. It's the best one. It is. But really I'm almost feared to get it, because it means that's now a third device <laughs> that I'll be carrying around in the world. <laughs> For all the muggers that know specifically I'm walking down the street to know about. You know what I mean? I just feel like I'm walking around with an x-ray constantly. <laughs> like, I'm value for money for muggers. Uh, one In one loop, you'd get a MacBook Pro. You'd get uh, uh, the iPad. If Don't you're lucky, the 2 if you're worried about it. No one's listened to this. <laughs> um, you know, plus whatever's in the wallet. Luckily, nothing. But there's a bit on the oyster. There's always a bit on the oyster. I'm, I'm probably I'm, I'm worth mega, plus the innate amount of gold that we have inside us. So was that 0.7 grams or something of gold? Also, if you count, if you aggregate organs, the, the six or seven hundred quid you've spent on tapping out, yeah, your iPad is actually worth that. It's worth about a thousand quid. Oh Jesus Christ! Because that game is worth six hundred quid to a player. I think you're underestimating at 600. Oh. I think, I'm in, I think I've got a problem. <laughs> I'm trying to weed myself off this. This isn't a right podcast now. recording. This is an intervention. Right now. I'm These are doctors, wean, right? <laughs> I'm trying to wean myself off the donuts. And it's sort of working, but they, oh, they keep coming up with little tricks. To make you spend more. Yeah, yeah. That's what they do. It's I what, can't they stop are good now. At it. If you've spent that much money on it. Also, how are they going to end it? When when is the game going to finish? It's not even in the top twenty anymore. I'm one of the last few humans on Earth playing this ridiculous thing. But you're paying all keep... of their wages now. <laughs> what is the gameplay? I've never played it. What is the actual gameplay? Yeah, you're building game? a model village. That's it. When it's called it's tapping out, it's called tapped out because you literally 
tap to collect resources and money yeah, yeah, yeah. and tap into menus yeah, to combine you, things and set shops doing things and set people doing things. And so fallout shelter. Springfield has yeah. blown up okay. because of a nuclear accident thanks to one Homer Simpson. Oh, a so you story. start with a squad... Well, how do you call it a story? <laughs> <laughs> but you start with a, scare of, a square of green grass that has some dexterous on it and Homer. And I now... Is everyone dead? Everyone's dead. And I now... <laughs> His family's dead. Everyone. <laughs> so every time someone turns up, they're like, ah, oh, it's good to see you. Ooh. And like, what's been going on? <laughs> you know, like that. Except now, I've been playing it for so long, there's so many characters. The characters are coming up. Homer literally says, does anyone know that guy? Like, mm-hmm. they're so obscure. They appeared once in a frame of one episode, but they make a whole story like it is getting pretty desperate. Surely your Springfield now covers most of the continental United States. Yeah, it's huge. It's, I mean, it's <laughs> preposterously huge. How, when they finish that game, when that game ends, because it must end. No, I think it won't end. We're so much living just stop. I think in something stop. terrifying. When it stops, do I get to ask for all my money back? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, it's like when they shut down an MMO, you just have to kind of sign in. Sadly, look at your town. I just watch it go. Yeah. What? That is heartbreaking. What is no, that? I, I really like that when they That's shut. That's the, the first I've heard of this. When when they shut down like a, an MMO because people aren't playing it anymore, there's usually an event for the people that are actually playing it still. <gasps> they like oh. log in for the last time with their characters. And sit and watch it end, and that's awesome. That's not even just Can a we film you yeah, doing like that. Halo that's what Halo cults do. <laughs> <laughs> that's not healthy. No, but you can't ever go on it. I think that's, that's nice. I've never it's invested in nothing. It. I think they should give you your money back. Yeah, of course that's, you do. Of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> of course you think that. <laughs> you wishful think that. Yeah. Um, are there any other video games you'd like to talk about? Because we haven't we, we mentioned Resi Seven on the last edition, but frankly, yeah. it's. Can yeah, I, we, we, you, we finished it now, so... I, I finished it four times. Okay, I finished it once. <laughs> um, How are you finishing games four times? Because my... How many hours? My, well, three. It's three hours ago. Yeah, my, my third and fourth... No, my second um, playthrough was three hours and 55 minutes, and I remember this because... You get a special weapon for your next playthrough if you complete the game in under four hours, and it was properly under the wire for a lot of the walking around the boat bit in the about three quarters of the way through. I was like, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make the four hour deadline because I can't. There's oh. it's a great bit of the game. You mentioned it when we first started talking about it. That that bit where you find yourself on the boat and you're suddenly underpowered again. Yeah. You get, you get to the point in the game about two thirds of the way through where you feel invincible, and they give you a massive, great room shed sized boss to kill. And you do it relatively easily, I reckon. Yeah. It's one of those classic resi monsters, shoot the yellow bit. Yeah. But um, uh, suddenly you find yourself on that boat. It's horribly terrifying with no weapons and surrounded by those flipping mould things. Mm. That is the weakest point in the game. Both really? Far that boat section. It completely kills the flow of the game. Ah, well, here's the thing, though. But the game's amazing. Don't by get me my wrong. third, By my third playthrough... That boat section barely lasts any time at all. The only problem I think with the boat is the fact that it's a it's a stupid map because they've got ring like rings of yeah. stuff going on top of each other. It is possible in those bits to I, run around and around and around and not. Yeah, I got, I, lo- I got lost a couple of times <laughs> there because I, I couldn't differentiate. 
one part from another mm. because it all looked the same and it was just yeah, I, I, I felt like it was. Poorly I think designed. that's a deliberate gamble rather than a poor design. I think that was them going, let's let's make it, let's throw you into this bit where you've just got shadows, no weapon, shadows chasing you, no weapons, and you don't really get where you're supposed to be going. And have they also? It might not be a gamble that paid off because clearly I, you guys have. They also made it look like boats. It's it's inside of a massive tanker that's split in half across the bayou. Which is what it would look like inside a massive tanker? or Yeah, especially a massive tanker that's been taken over by a kind of oily mould. I just don't think that tankers, generally the design of tankers, that's, that's where, that's but it has a paisley house, yeah. section so that you know it's... You're in a <laughs> but it does have that. It has a kitchen section, it has a dining room section, it has a thing, it has a door that's very clearly covered and then the second time you go to the door it's not covered so you know to go through. There are still hints, they just, maybe it's... It's not deliberate, maybe. I'm just, I, I think I, it, I got lost, and and that was the, what killed it for me. Like I walked past a, a pickup, and then walked, I killed everything because I got fed up of like avoiding them. <laughs> mm. So and then was just walking around trying to find what I missed. That's awful. That is awful. That but, is but, terrible. But I don't remember it being a. It's that the full build up towards the end, the ending, with the big reveals in in the plot, and it's like, it's not that. Like you could have done that in a in a document that that mm-hmm. girlfriend backstory. <clears throat> sure, sure. As in, you would have rather played as Ethan all the way through. Like that would have made no, sense. No, because to some of the VH, uh, the tape sections mm. were great. Like some of the best yeah. sections in the game, actually. Yeah. The it's a very clever thing they're doing, Rosie, where you discover these VHS tapes. <clears throat> if you put them in, they are controllable demos of things that you're about to play in the game it's, yeah, as in it's the experience of some another character that's done them and it's quite it's quite cool and there are trophies around doing them better than the VHS nice um, <clears throat> they are really well done actually I, I, mm. I found them really, really cool nice conceit. the whole saw section is great yes in fact isn't the boat section a VHS se- tape section yeah yeah technically yeah I guess so I guess so but um, overall, though, the game is amazing. I'd, I'd say uh, it, 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 it has the same exact thing that Dead Space 1 and 2 had for me. And to an extent, Resi 4. Um, 5 and 6. Uh, yeah. Which is... Yeah, we don't talk about that. We do. I like some of that games. Um, where, because you get to keep some loot for your next playthrough... Your first playthrough of the game is horrifying and terrifying, and your second playthrough is like, oh no, I'm a bit more powered up. This is okay. And then your third playthrough is is completest fun. Do you know what I mean? I can't tell you why I did a fourth one. Um, <laughs> oh no, to try the VR. That was a, that's a wholly different experience again. Um, except I split it up across different bits because I was too scared, genuinely. Um, it it it's, it is scary. Has a for how also silly it is has a really great atmosphere like I was creeped out just walking through a house mm. like it they nailed the atmosphere the attention to detail in terms yeah. of the squalor is incredible the fact that you can pick up most pots or, and there's something disgusting going <laughs> like it's everywhere in that game yeah. but it was also it was creepy without being like outlast jump scary it oh, had jump scares yeah. but it's also straight away it gave you guns that's one thing I appreciate about yes. it that it limited the jump scares there was they were there obviously but a lot of it was more subtle kind of horror mm. you know 
Um, There's that great bit build up fear and that kind of dread. Dread, something bad is the dread humming. I didn't pick it up when it was released because the the first person perspective made me think it was going to be like an Outlast clone, and obviously having now played it, it is so in keeping with the first game and it it, is like one, two, and three. It is a perfect update of those very very specific references back to the first game. I don't even think people have talked about. There's a moment when, um, welcome the family, son, and he knocks you out with a spade, and he's dragging you through the gates. The sound effect of it when he drags you through the gates and you're wheezing and you hear the gate open. There's a lot of stuff, but the, the, there's a kind of musical sound effect. It is the exact same sound effect that plays when you press start on Resident Evil One. It's the it's the same stuff. There's 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 loads of assets they've used. The names. There's loads of. All the documents, pretty much every document you read in the house references another Resident Evil game. Yeah. And herbs. Yeah. Yeah. Herbs. Well, and herbs. Umbrella as well. Obviously. Blue Umbrella, though, with Chris Redfield working for them. Spoilers. <laughs> but what the, what's going on there? Oh. Resident Evil 8, <laughs> 2019. Well, no, we've got DLC, apparently. Because it I've, comes up with oh, a yeah. fucking. That's coming out any second now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it comes up with a, an ad at the end of the game, yeah. which mm. is like both like, oh, yeah, but also. Paying, oh. paying for this game. No, no, but that <laughs> is free. That is free DLC. No, yes, not a not a hero. Is it called? I wonder I've, if once you've I've played all the DLC, it's great. I wonder if except for one bit of it. Sorry, <laughs> no, no, no. I I, I want to get the DLC. I'm just going to wait until it's all out and then. Do- well, they're separate though. Daughters is an amazing uh, DLC. Well, it's it's it starts. You play Mia. No, no, you don't. You play Zoe, the daughter of the family. On the night that um, the dad, uh, Pa Baker, finds a, a little girl in a shipwreck and brings her back to the house, and it show, it plays that few hours out, and it's mm. it's it's great. There's a little origin prequel thing, same house map, but obviously it's cleaner. I've heard that one of them is the Room Escape one. Yes, that's great. But yeah, if you like Room Escape games, uh, Bedroom is a great little mini game. Bedroom, that's mm. it. Uh, my girlfriend really loves puzzle games, but. Mm. She's also terrified of horror games, and trying to convince her that Resi Evil is the game we should play together. It's not going to work. No, it isn't. It is not. I know for a fact that I will never have played that game. Really? Mm. Too scary, or just too not? You're not in your wheelhouse. I, yeah, yeah. I just, I mean, horror and I are strange bedfellows. I think I played quite a lot of Six. But that was an action game, really. Yeah. It wasn't a horror game, and I didn't mind that so much. Just, just I find it all a bit grimy. I'm not big on horror either, Wee. to be honest. Uh, I genuinely avoid most horror titles. Like, uh, there's one I really, really wanted to play. Uh, it was called Amnesia. I really wanted to play it, but I was, I was like, no, I can't Too do scared. it. But Resident Evil, because it was Resident Evil, and I, and yeah. the thing is, the early ones I don't find that scary. But this one was terrifying. But it was still Resident Evil, so I yeah. felt like I had to play it. And Resident Evil Two is is is, is a good one to try for you. It's mm. it's it's a bigger scale uh, Resident Evil game. You're in a city rather than a house, and you play I'm not going to play other some rando. I'm not going to play other horror games before I play. Resident. It's not like I'm going to start with Drive Angry. I'm going to start with Fast and Furious. I'm not <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I know where I'm going to start. So yeah, if if there are any horror games, it won't be Silent Hill, or and it will be a Resident Evil, and I guess I've got. But I, I just I'm scared knowing I'm in the same 
building as a game of Resident Evil. Yeah, it is scary. It is scary. I understand what you mean. If you find it oppressive as opposed to compelling, then yeah. Yeah, I don't need to sit there crying alone. That's playing a video game because I'm already doing that when I'm not playing video games. Right. Um, Before we move on to films, I I feel compelled to, to weirdly we've not done this before, but I feel compelled to give a couple of tips on 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 games. Um, particularly Resident Evil 2 and Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, Resident Evil 2? 7. Okay. <laughs> I've got two in my head. I know I know that remake, remake. is coming Sunday. Uh, they promised it so long ago and it still hasn't come and they still haven't announced it. One day. Um, if you do, pl- it's worth doing a four hour run through of Resident Evil 7. You can do it on easy because if you complete it on easy and in under four hours, you get two things for your next playthrough. X-ray specs, which gives you uh, the ability to see anything. <laughs> it gives you the ability to see hidden items everywhere, which make, which means collectibles are a, a joke. You know, there's like 30 yeah. collectibles in the home game. You just see them, you see them straight away. And um, circular saw, which is a thing you hold up constantly in front of you. It's always on. It means you kind of can't get hit. It does change the stakes a lot it changes what you're trying to do in the game um, uh, and it's worth trying okay. it makes it fun that's quite interesting that's actually. why I mentioned Dead Space 2 and 3 Dead Space 1 and 2 sorry those games became f- about a different type of fun more than fear um, uh, once you they were through terrifying yeah. Dead Space 1 and 2 I agree so you only ever use one gun in those games because if you use anything other than the whatever cutter. Mm. yeah what's the mm. cutter is it plasma, plasma cutter plasma, plasma yeah. cutter yeah. if you use anything more than that, you're a casual. Best man <laughs> in the game. I, I use I use a, a strategic range of weapons in that game. It's not you're not playing the correct. I mostly use the casual hats, obviously, because it's, it's it tells you at the start of the game to delim everything, yeah. and it, there's one gun that does that. Like you can have fun by using the circular blade firer, because no. you just go and then it hits you in your own head because it rebounds into you and like okay, I'm not using that gun. Um, and there are some there are the, the, the other weapons were good for bosses. I agree. I agree. Plasma cutter yeah. all the way. Yeah. In fact, not even plasma cutter. Running, running away is the best <laughs> weapon in those places. And stamping. Yeah. Oh, stamping. Stamping. Brutal. Um, but yeah, my other thing, Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, maybe you don't want it to be a fun game. Maybe that fear is an important thing. So don't get the circular saw. But Horizon Zero Dawn. I've got to say this. I've got to it's, let people know. It's, it's huge, and I don't know what people are finding. Some of the dinosaur fighting towards the end of the game really hard because yeah. They power up, and and your not your level is not always commensurate with the strength of the AI you're facing. But it gives you an out. There is a, a side mission that you pick up really early in the game, like an hour and a half into the game. It's called Ancient Armory. Have you seen this yet? Probably not. Yeah. I think it's just I after the proving. It, it's just after the proving. It just a side quest opens up. It doesn't really divert your attention to it. Basically, you find a battery in a dungeon, and you put it in a hole in the wall, and go, huh? That's done a thing. And there are four other holes. Huh, right? And then it doesn't say anything about it again. Um, you can find these batteries through playing the main missions. It's worth foregoing. Ordinarily, the way I play these games, I'd always start by completing all the side missions and all the errands. Um, in this case, I wanted to find these power cells. They give you access to armour that genuinely changes the game. Um, for the better. It means you are no longer a one-hit kill to big dinosaurs you're like a, a three hit kill and that it, that genuinely does change the game and I'm amazed that the, it's such a secret 
mission in the game. There's really no attention diverted to it. Plus, the collectibles. There are collectibles in the game, but they are swapped or rather sold for um, good things, as opposed to just being things you collect for no reason for a trophy. Um, so I guess that's the overall tip. In Horizon Zero Dawn, do all the stuff. It mean it makes you better at the game and gives you cool much, things. How much, you mean do the main story over the side mission? Yeah, it's quite a big culture shock. There is a moment in the main story. There's a they even there is a like dialogue makes it very very obvious in the main story when you're about to go past a point of no return. Right. Um, so so up to that point, if you play the main missions up to that point. Then you could, that happens to coincide with the time you can get the ancient armory thing done. It's all obviously okay, designed that's, for that's this. What I but to no, but I've just not heard about anyone mentioning it. And so so will you have opened up the entire map by the time you can access that armor? Yeah. So you've got to go quite far. Yeah, we've got fast travels and all that stuff. Kill a fox. Kill as many foxes as you can see. Because if you one in every like oh, I don't no. know twenty foxes. I oh, know you do have to hunt in Horizon Zero Dawn. It's quite. You do have to. You don't have. There's to. no pollution. No, no, they are. They, yeah, they, they are. They suffer from over numerousness. In yeah. fact, it's hel- it helps the fox population. Oh, the to area. Foxes, yeah, they are. Um, kill they're a procedurally fox. generated. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Kill foxes. When you pick up a fox skin, that changes the game because you can turn in one fox skin and fifty metal shards for infinite fast travel pack. And oh, from that, I yeah. need one of those. Yeah. yeah, from that point on, fast travel's limited. Yeah, yeah. There are there are rideable. There are rideable. There are three different species of rideable robot dinosaur. Yeah. Um, Yeah. One's fast but weak. One's strong but slow, and the other's fucking cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, um, uh, But what was it? What we actually talking about? So, but but so that mechanic of the three rideable dinosaurs. Yeah. So there's that, but there's also fast travel packs. You have to. It's whittling. It's fast travel packs you have to build out of a couple of different common components. I like that. Limiting fast travel. That's and a nice you, element. And then if you're lucky enough to find a fox skin, um, no no one sells fox skins. No merchant in the game sells fox skins. You do have to find it yourself. But as soon as you have that, that's kind of unlimited fast travel. It's that's great. cool. I didn't get a fox skin until two thirds of the way through, three quarters of the way through the game. It was, it probably even now I'm saying it out loud, it's quite clear that it released it to me at an appropriate time in the game. I feel stupid. (laughs) I don't know, there must be a player who got a fox skin right at the start of the game. Maybe not. Anyway, those are the hot tips. Are there any hot tips for Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I've got one. Go. Um, If you get all three dragon scales um, and you cook it with an ancient core, you can ride a guardian. If you know what that means, you'll enjoy it. What? (laughs) Yeah. Really? Yeah. Mind blown? Is that <laughs> the first hell? Are you in a hurry to get home now? Right, no, I just, um, I'm avoiding reading stuff about that game because it, there's so much. And there like, is. And Lotus, like, do you know sometimes you're in a game and it, it has such a, a, a an interesting mechanics or, 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 or physics or whatever and you you test stuff. You You know, like, I was in a hot area that was, like, literally boiling on the ground so I dropped food on the ground and it cooked. Yay! And, and, and there's loads of stuff like that and I'm like, I don't want to know anything. I just want to like, mm. what I usually do in a big, big game is get to the end and then and then go online and see what I've missed. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like, I'm on the stretch now to the final boss. But I'm, I'm glad you know you can ride it. I, I, I well, generally am doing the same thing but with that one it just popped up and I was like, 
What? <laughs> right, Guardian. <laughs> Guardian's are fucking bullshit. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, look, they're easy. They're too easy. What? It's too easy to take out a Guardian. Well, I just use the shield. Yeah, which takes them out easily. Oh, yeah, but I've only got one shield left now, so I'm rationing. <laughs> but the thing is, if you don't... If you, if you, it's really easy to perfect it, because all you do is, as soon as their blue light comes to fire, you press the shield button, and you reflect it every time. I can, you can do it flawlessly with light, and you don't really need to practice it either. You can only do it with a Guardian shield, though. No, you can do it with any shield. Any shield will reflect it? Yeah. Then how come, in the item description of the Guardian shield, it says the shield's so strong it can reflect Guardian's own shots? Why have they no, done if that? You, if, if you time it perfectly, perfectly like oh, a parry, parry shields a parry, will parry. be available. Ah, so I have to parry the... Yeah, parry the I shot. I have to leave. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. That's game changing. Thank you. What a great... This tip section. Yeah. <laughs> it's a regular feature for now, yeah? All right. Um, who knew? Cheats aren't a thing of the past. <laughs> no, this is tips. It's important. Pro tips. Guys, just as this year has been crazy for video games it's also been pretty good for films already uh, in t- I'm talking about commercial blockbusters actually we're yeah. getting Guardians of the Galaxy 2 quite soon which end feels month, like yeah. that, that feels like that's cool. going to be the end of the summer season because yeah. <laughs> um, we've already had some nice things so far um, there's been a bit of disagreement but and I haven't seen it so I can't really comment but Logan you guys have seen Logan and think different things of it have you seen Logan? Have you seen I it? have seen Logan oh, I, three to, I kind of need to first of all um, apologise because before it came out, I was like, "It's going to be terrible. It's mm. going to be awful." Mm-hmm. Like I, I had no well. faith in from the trailer. It at all. The Red Band trailer particularly made me think it was. Yeah, going to be really yeah. We had that conversation, yeah, yeah. and I have to eat my words. Like it is genuinely uh, a, a good movie. Okay. Why isn't it, Chris? I don't know. It's not. I think it's bad. I just. I, I'm not. I can't, I can't quite understand why it's getting so much acclaim. Like I think it's okay. It's about the same quality as the last one. Ooh, oh, what, J- Japan. Mm, uh, yeah, uh, Wolverine. Yeah. The one with um, Silver Samurai. Mm, okay. Yeah. I'd... Not not X Men Origins Wolverine. No, that's remember what I wanted. Remember when oh. they were going to do a whole series of origin films? Oh, Although yeah. they did First Class, which was a better project actually, because I, I really liked First Class. It was terrible. Well, First Class was another good. Origin with another character. I think they were going to do they Blue, were going to Blue Lady. Mystique. Mystique. Yeah. But then they got Jennifer Lawrence before they realised that they had Jennifer Lawrence, so they just abandoned that. <laughs> Um, uh, no, I think I, th- I think it's like I I enjoyed it. I just thought it was like. See, okay. that's the problem. You enjoyed. That means you enjoyed um, the second one as well. Yeah. Okay. I hated the second one. The second one was absolutely terrible. I I, I it's, it's like three stars. Yeah. No, just like Logan. Uh, no. Right. You I would don't agree you with would proselytize for Logan very highly, wouldn't you? I mean. Bear in mind that I'm a DC guy, so I'm predisposed to being fed up with all of Marvel <laughs> just doing better <laughs> and like pretending that they came up with it all when they didn't, and that all of their stuff is actually after the fact. Um, so, out of that lot, I still have a soft spot for Wolverine. The film, the character, right? Because Frank Miller writes him well. I think particularly, um, and I've quite a few other good writers writing well. He's good. He's good. He's good to write for. Um, so you get good Logan stories, and this was a good Logan story. And I think where it had the edge on film two, where film two was trying to be Logan, but was inhibited by the studio, 
think the trade-off that uh, Jackman and Mangold made, you know, in terms of what they were getting paid and the budget and saying, hello, we've done all the things you've asked us to, can we please just... Well, not just that. You've done, we've done all the things you've asked us to over and over again, and it consistently has failed to work. Yeah. Can we try our thing, thing now? And, makes sense. And it, it reminded me of my first experience watching Batman Begins, actually, which was a film I was suspicious of throughout because of what had been going on with Batman. Um, and <laughs> uh, right at the end, when the Joker card gets turned around, I suddenly went, oh, I wish I could watch this forever, please. <laughs> and, um, and Wolverine, there's a particular moment where an item gets tilted on its side towards the end. That and was... I felt a rush of blood. I was so moved by that. Which one? The Jap- J- Japan one? Was no, the, 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 the Logan, Logan. In Logan. And I was sat with my son, and uh, Hugh Jackman's performances as Wolverine has matched my son's lifetime. And so I was suddenly taken back to the first X-Men film and was becoming a father for the first time and now watching this film with him. And it was it was actually a really, really powerful, powerful film. And it is, it is small and huge. It's very, very clever. And I think what people are responding to is having something different again. They did it with Deadpool a little bit. But it is, it is very different to any of the other superhero films. Just yes. like when Frank Miller came along and wrote uh, The Dark Knight Returns, it was suddenly a very different comic book. And it's it's having that same ripple, maybe more than it deserves, maybe. But um, Again, I don't think it's bad. I, I, just, I, I, I understand what you're saying. not quite sure. Like, Deadpool, I think, deserves that hype that yeah. it got. I yeah. really enjoyed that film. I thought it was a complete breath of fresh air. Yeah. Whereas Logan doesn't actually... I, I disagree in that it feels like really uh, new. It reminds me a lot of Iron Man 3. Right. The kind which of I re- thought was excellent. I enjoyed that at the time, yeah. except for they wasted Mandarin. Uh, which wow. I've never. Because I really like the Mandarin. Yeah. Um, and also Gambit that was just gold, wasn't it? I mean, it was so much fun. People, but, like, people, people did like the joke. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It, it was well done in the film. I, like, I enjoyed it, but I was just like, oh, it's a character they can never use now. No, mm-hmm. that's not true. That's not true at all. That that was dealt with in the next one shot featuring Ben Kingsley. Really? Mm. That everyone There's watched. a one shot. Yeah, that there everyone watched. I didn't even. There, there is a Mandarin out there. Uh, they oh, can address it, and that would be really nice. But it, it's the problem. It's the problem that, that Warner Brothers are having with the DC films is that they're building that they're building this founda- foundation. With Zack Snyder. Yeah, they're building this foundation <laughs> for their universe yeah. on rubbish interpretations of the characters yeah. that yeah. they can never do anything yeah. with. They can, they've got the Joker now. They can never like. The way they've positioned it, it's going to be really difficult to recast them to a different interpretation. Um, what is my point? It was a while ago I started. But the thing <laughs> with Logan is, is it, it is a mature film. I think it stands it's alone. Not. It's not. I think it definitely stands alone. The, the last time, the last film I could show my recently turned eighteen son that 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 had that. I mean, I've got yeah. This it was written by a teenage boy. They were like, oh, we can swear now. So let's put as many swears in as possible. I yeah. don't seem do feel that completely out of It character. seems really, really forced. Like um, the, the, that language, it, it just felt out of place mm. yeah. when they did swear. Also, have you guys read Old Man Logan? Yes. I haven't. I've read Death Wolverine, Old Man Logan's on the account. What? Is it Miller? No, it's... Miller, sorry. Yes, yeah. it is Mark Miller. Um, can I talk about it? Yeah. Well, it's not really a spoiler or anything. It's just the way it handles violence in that comic is 
that it's the reluctant hero is unforgiven. You know, he doesn't want to do it. And so it's a big deal when any violence happens. Whereas Logan, the film, had lots of violence. And, and like that, a lot of that violence was kind of glorious seeing, you know, through someone and you could... For sure. Yeah. But, but it, it had no... The violence meant nothing. I don't It was agree. completely disposable. I don't agree. Not when it came to... Uh, is it Laura, the little girl? Fucking hell. X-23. X-23. She blew my mind, like, to... to to have a child, let alone a little girl, be that dangerous was really exciting. And it isn't something that... Uh, this, I mean, there's a hit. dangerous little girl in Tomorrowland. It's just Hit Girl It's not again. the same thing. No, it's not, though. It wasn't Why? played What's for different? laughs. Hit Girl wasn't played for it's laughs. Very well, actually, Kick Ass is a comedy. Yeah, that's not fair. Very much played for laughs, you know. And, yeah, I'm not saying it's perfect... And I understand why you give it a three-star review. Three stars is not a bad rating. Definitely like give it... Okay. I would definitely give it a four, but the amount that it... At the time when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, it's a four-star film. But the amount it stayed with me, and it's been weeks now since I've seen it, and I've been double busy through those weeks, but I keep coming back to it, and I keep getting a source out of it, which is sort of one of the things I like most about my favourite comic book stories. And weirdly, often if it isn't from my stable... You know, there is uh, the Man Without Fear is a particular book that isn't from my little DC camp that I adore, and Logan's one of those films. Um, you know, X Two, sure, whatever, but Logan still stands alone. Still reaches for something where its sense of humour is different. Whatever you say about the gratuitous swearing, the violence, what Patrick Stewart is up to in that film is extraordinary. Is an extraordinary performance that could legitimately stand amongst other Best Supporting Actor nominations. If it went that way, it would never go that way. But if it did, I wouldn't raise an... I mean, it will... He'll win it if he dies before... He'll win it if he dies. So, (laughs) for that... Patrick Stewart's not going to win an award for Logan. He'll win it for Greenwood. He's so amazing in that film. He's so... It's so beautiful... Such a beautiful portrayal of... Um, swearing of of out of character. a man at the end of his <laughs> lifetime, where his mind is fraying, uh, and yet that man we all know, his mind is the most powerful thing. Like imagine a nuclear bomb, like the biggest nuclear bomb that the states ever built, and then you all learn that it's it's gone dirty. <laughs> That's such a brilliant, terrifying. I wish they explored well, it better did. in the film. I think they did, actually. I think they, they abandoned did. it. No, no. At a very key point in the no, film. they paid it off really well. Um, did you and, see different and, films? Did you see different endings? I got to see it with my feet up, which I think was quite nice. I was in a particular cinema where, with reclining seats. I saw it too late. I was a bit tired. <laughs> you see? I didn't have time to pick up it's a so subjective. Now I am the number one of eye closing moments in cinemas mm. and also in life. But <laughs> like particularly in bits of conversations where I'm not speaking, I'm very eye closing. <laughs> um, did you have eye closing moments when you were watching? If you're honest, when you were watching Logan? No, no, no. I was. You I, were lucid and alert throughout. I someone was on their phone at one point in front of me. See, that's what you get for watching it in Croydon. You need to (laughs) (laughs) just fork out. I watched it on I think Covent Garden. Can't remember. Maybe Leicester Square. How does that even happen? 
People are spending 18, 20 quid yeah. to see a film. It's so and weird. And they're still able to go on their phone. Mm. Yeah. It's so weird. It's yeah. so weird. People were chatting. Buy a phone for 20 quid. There was, there was a, I, 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 I'm very non-confrontational. And I, I had to ask people to stop talking and uh, get out. Because I was like, you don't, you Did don't, you, you say can't. Get out. That would have been great. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't. I said, can you, can you stop talking? The one, the one when I have that rage, the one that I really want to do is properly, properly just turn my back on the entire screen and just watch very carefully. And if they have any issues, go, you are way more interesting than what I've paid to see. Tell me more about your humdrum fucking life. You're so much more interesting than the film. Of course you are talking. I do not. Of course! I do not have that ability to confront people like that. I wish I, I did. Just, I, d- I don't usually. Genuinely, I never would have. But I was like, I've been looking forward to get out for quite a while and I kind of had a feeling I was going to enjoy it. And, and, and we were really just having a chat. Yeah. During the film, and it was like it was, it was. I didn't, I didn't. Do you know what? I tried to do it as non-passive aggressively as possible. Obviously, that didn't work. But, it, but um, I, just, I tried, and it worked. It did work. I, it was just quite to nice clarify, about it. I didn't actually do that to anyone. <laughs> <laughs> All of that rage came out as a. That's usually one of the worst cinema-going experiences I've ever had. Was I saw the wind rises the. Uh, Studio Ghibli the, it was meant to be the last it's quite recent Miyazaki film mm. when he retired and now he's back again mm. and it is a it's like an anime film about plane design it's not, not a kids film and a mum <laughs> a mum was there with her kids sat directly in front of us and the film started and it was subtitled and the kids couldn't read the subtitles so she read out every single subtitle oh my god I was I was so and I was like Obviously, Did I just she do different it. voices. No, that would have been. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she could have saved it. My, my, you my, didn't wow. say anything. No, we just moved seats. But I was like, it, it left that horrible taste in my mouth where I was like, I can't. Well, how? Be, you can't do it in a movie. To be fair, um, I'd have got the manager for that. <laughs> do you know what? I, I say what you didn't do anything about as if like, oh come on, surely in that fact. But um, I took my mum to see Les Miserables. There were four people in the cinema, and me and my mum were the two people not having sex. Um, and I didn't do anything, I didn't do anything about it. I didn't even talk about it. I was Who's just like, sex enjoying the film. Yeah, that's a weird choice. <laughs> How old were they? Septuagenarians or something? What was it was going daytime. On? I think it was employees of the cinema. I, and, um, I won't say which one it was. Felton Cineworld. But they, uh, <laughs> it was, um, yeah, they, I think it was because they thought it was an empty cinema. Well, they there were only three rows music. behind us. Yeah, we could hear. They were behind you. They were all the noises. All the noises. Good like, for them. Tomorrow night, a revolution. <laughs> Whoa, what kind of noises are they? Normal noises, normal sex noises. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I assume that sounds, sounds like Banjo Kazooie of a clown horn. <laughs> um, talking Get Out, did have you, any of you guys seen it? No, it's really good. I mean, there's nothing. It's really good. I can't really talk, say anything else about it. Um, it's really good. Moving on. What, uh, <laughs> no, it is. It is properly. It's all the things people say it is. If you like, I mean, I mean Peele, it's got if you like, like everybody saying that it's one of the best movies of the year already. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's 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 certainly a masterpiece of horror, if not a, a masterpiece of cinema. Like it is, it is. The, it, it ratchets up the tension in a really is nice it okay way. To know it's a horror because I've only just had that confirmed. 
the trailer yeah. is makes it very clear that it's a horror. Very, very clear. Yeah, it's, yeah I think Instantly. it's heavily positioned. It is. It, well, the cleverness of it is they they. It's the same conceit that is in forty percent of all Key and Peele sketches, and what Keanu the film their film was about, which is essentially about. They quite often rather play uh, characters of colour who feel like they've lost their cultural identity by mixing with, well, frankly, white people. <laughs> like mm. it's yeah. Um, Get Out is an extension of that. It just happens to be a paranoid extension of it rather than a. Comedic, a comedic and action based. So it's still got plenty of jokes in it, and it is great. And Daniel Kaluuya, British guy playing the main part in it, is Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Kaluuya, sorry. Um, is uh, I was going to say Kaluuya is a great name if that's a genuine name. The coffee liqueur. Yeah, it's. I, I always assumed you didn't pronounce the Y, but I haven't heard it out loud, I suppose. But um, the girl out of girls. She's incredible in it. Bradley Whitford from The West Wing as as, no as the dad. Uh, Catherine Keener as the mum. It is a good Ooh, cast. Oh, uh, who's the guy out of... Indie film. Who play, oh, yeah, if Catherine Keener's in it, straight... It's oh, an it's an indie, indie film. film. Yeah. Doesn't matter how much money it makes or how, what the budget was, it's an indie film. Oh, yeah. She's um she's not in it very much, surprisingly. She plays a very, very key role. And when she comes up in the credits, you're thinking, oh, it's going to be Catherine Keener's film. But it's not. It's thoroughly, thoroughly about Daniel Kaluuya. And it does everything that horror does. You can tell he's loath to put in jump scares. There are a couple, they're very ineffective and are clearly there to satisfy the studio, who insisted apparently that there were two jump scares or three jump scares in the film. But they're not, they're fine, they're fine. What he really does well is planting seeds all the way through the film, ratcheting up the tension really nicely, bits where you can't quite work out what's going on, work in such a way where you, re- when, the, when the penny drops, and it, doesn't, it happens way more than once in the film, where the penny drops in a certain scene, like you're watching a scene going, why is this? Oh, that's what this is. Right. It is an incredible, I imagine, second time view. Um, so the second viewing of the film would be yeah. incredible as well. Um, comic relief in it is exactly correctly pitched in, in the way that 80s horrors used to get comedy, comic relief, yeah. really correct. Yeah. They do that really well, before, basically before Kevin Williamson, before Scream. Um, Comedy in horror used to be done really well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's exciting. It's 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 a it's a great film. It's a great film. And if you already like Kim Peel, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. It's a great. Daniel has done so. He really has. Well, he really has. It's great. Psychoville, Black Mirror, wasn't Get that Out, long ago. amazing. John the English too. Bless him. Oh. Still can you being let, good at. Can you let India is after something. Um, and also, it's worth. It is worth. I discovered this quite recently, but it is worth watching the piece of Eddie Murphy stand-up upon which the title of the film is based. Have you heard this? Do you remember this from Raw? Have you seen Raw recently? I haven't seen it recently. It's, there's an incredible sequence where he's talking about couples moving into haunted houses in horror movies and how it is not realistic because a couple walk into a haunted house and like the walls start bleeding and stuff starts moving on its own. They go, well, I'm sure we can get an exorcist. So this would be like, no... And Eddie Murphy gives the example of him walking into a house. It's like, oh wow, this is a beautiful house. Like the the, um, the streets really nice. The schools locally are really good. Like the kitchen's really nicely appointed. This is a, this is a beautiful. I really think we can make a life for ourselves here. Get out. Too bad we can't stay, baby. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's good. It's good. The whole the, yeah. There's a 20 minute section on horror movies. I think I think Jordan Peele watched before he wrote the script. Okay. Get out. Um, yeah, what, got, what have you guys been watching? What's good? 
What apart from Logan and Get Out? Um, I saw Ghost in the Shell the other day. Really? Yeah. Okay. I did. Um, I watched that anime like a, a really long time ago, like like fifteen, sixteen years ago. Mm, uh, so I barely remember it. I honestly barely remember the story. Um, and first thing I'll say about it is visually, it is incredible. Like it is just gorgeous. Um, the artwork and the art direction, I think, is just spot on. Honestly, it totally immerses you in that world. The story itself and kind of like the action and everything like that, it, it was, it just felt a bit flat to me. Um, Why? Because it's very alien, uh, not not extraterrestrial, but alien, as in just weird. No, it's not that. It felt like it was too traditional. Oh, okay. If anything. Right, that's yeah. unusual. I thought they were. I thought the whole point was they're borrowing from all the different Ghost in the Shell sources, and of which there are like twenty or something. Yeah, yeah, there's so many different ones. Right, uh, but it just it did feel a bit traditional, and the, the, the acting wasn't bad per se. But but yeah, I didn't come out of it thinking, "Wow, that was an incredible movie." Um, but I did. Uh, I I feel like I did enjoy my experience with it just because of how gorgeous it looked. Okay, speaking of which. On how many how many individual split seconds could you count yourself thinking that maybe she was naked? In the trailer, <laughs> that's pretty much all the way through. Like were, every no, time I see it, go, no, she's time, not. So. I know that she's not, but yet every time I see any image, it's like, hang on, I oh, know, no, it's weird. It's a weird. I was with my fiance, so I wasn't allowed to look. <laughs> <laughs> We can clearly watch film with your eyes. <laughs> don't worry about me, love. But they clearly designed it. Don't for that. Me, clearly, me. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a weird thing. Is it supposed to be that she's disarming in her appearance to people she's trying to fight? Is that the point? No, I don't think so. I, I think it's just because of cloaking or something. Of naked cloaking. people. Yeah. Does she exclusively work amongst the nude? <laughs> that would be a way of disguising yourself. Or like in like a giant vat of silly putty. <laughs> <laughs> no, because it's all it's all sectioned. Is that well? What's, I mean, it, what what is it, is it is is it about AI and self discovery in that way that the trope makes you think it is? Because <clears throat> that felt like a bum steer to me, given that Westworld and Ex Machina. And this, well, the thing is, it isn't about, about the moment that's not actually covering it that way. It isn't about AI, really. Right. Um, I don't want to give anything away. I don't okay. want to spoil it, basically. <clears throat> but there is no AI. As far as I can... I mean, there is obviously robots and, and stuff in it, but... It's a shame because not great yeah. films are the one you, ones you want to be able to watch at home. Like, yeah. and, and not fork out a lot of money to go to the cinema to see. Just something's visually splendid. Yeah. It doesn't carry much weight. To shame. be honest, the only thing I remember from Ghost in the Shell see. is the spider tank. And the spider tank is in it. Okay. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> also, that, that shot where she falls off... I haven't seen the film... The, that. Oh, that, that, that's in the trailer. Yeah, exactly. That shot, is, that yeah. shot of her coming off. The, yeah, that, yeah, that's a that's a direct shot from the anime. Yeah, as well. it was it was funny. So uh, the main villain, in it, um, I, I forget the actor's name, uh, but the character's name is Cutter. Um, we walked out of the cinema together, and uh, this old couple said to us, "Oh, did you like the movie?" Uh, and she asked my fiance. My fiance was just just open and honest. She was like, "It could have been better." And then the woman revealed, oh, cut is my son. <gasps> <gasps> no! And then we were both like, oh. 
That never happened. <laughs> what? Why was she watching the film in Croydon? <laughs> um, <laughs> We're not all from Croydon. Written jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was quite embarrassing. And then wow, where did you see it? Uh, uh, Curzon in Aldgate. I fancy. Yeah, the new Ooh. one. They just opened a new one. Did yeah. you have a glass mm. of wine? I don't drink. Neither do I. <laughs> 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 but yeah, there's some really nice cinema yes, okay. yeah. I like the Cousins are generally did quite well how about you Ro have you seen anything good recently John Wick 2 ok yeah happy really happy that's this year isn't it yeah yeah it was a month ago uh, yeah yeah double build it with Logan actually and was a good tonic because Logan's a little bit more poe faced than John Wick 2 uh, John Wick 2 is brilliant there's something but the weird thing is John Wick 2 is uh, John Wick is incredibly poe faced but that's somehow it becomes ironic is, almost, or there's there something is, going on. on yeah, there's a massive wit to John Wick, right? And they've sort of they've built on that. It is a nuttier film. He executes an extraordinary number of human beings. <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely unbelievable. It's a, a signature move where he, as I remember this, he slides between two people's legs, and as he does so, he shoots their balls out, and that's <laughs> a. F- that's a move. That's <laughs> a move because by the time they've hit the deck, he's well out of the way. He is well out of the way, right? Because I mean, if they'd just landed on his face, not a John Wick move. So that wit is built upon those. So that lovely little, um, like lovely stuff around uh, sort of the Assassin's Hotel and all that kind of yeah. That. They kind of really expanded the mythology the they've built a little yeah. bit in a nice way, not too much. Yeah. Uh, the expansion between the raid and the raid two, it feels like a similar kind of quantum leap from. Well, I found Raid Two was a different film entirely. Yeah. Whereas John Wick Two is the same. It's Chapter Two. Okay. Yeah. It is Chapter Two, and Chapter Three will be. I mean, the ending of Chapter Two is so cool. Um, It's a sort of. It's quite. Yeah. It's just a resonant, and it's nice that Keanu's found another one. How many does he get? We talked about this. How many does he get? Four. Legendary action characters from one. cinema. That's crazy. It's people so people good. usually get. Harrison Ford only got two. Sly got And a president. Sly? Arnie got two. a couple. Mm, what do you I mean? I don't know two. about Arnie. Terminator. Predator. And Commando. Yeah, but those. Okay. John, okay. John Matrix is Running Man. Never Total been, Recall. Never been more relevant. Total Recall. Yeah. Uh, last night, Mr. Freeze. You're talking about <laughs> characters he's played in films, but they don't necessarily; those characters aren't as big or bigger than what the films for? he's in. John yeah, Wade, like Predator. Neo. I don't think Predator should mm. be in there. No. Point Break. Point Break's a great movie. Point Speed. Those are the four. Which ones? Point Break, Speed, Matrix, and John Wick. Yeah, and Chain Reaction. So those are the four. Those are the four. <laughs> um, yeah, it is wonderful, and he's got such a joy in it. And there's that crazy video of him online actually shooting guns. And yeah, he is that good at shooting guns. Well, yeah, all the yeah. all the kung fu. There's a in, there's an interview on the, the Blu-ray for the first one where they interview the stuntman, and the stuntman's going, "I don't have much to do, to be honest." Yeah, he's, he's been, been taking care of stuff. Wheels. That bit where and he, he's he, 50. he like slides. He slides, um, parks, a th- that bit where he's in rage and drives his car really fast and does crazy close like skid turns and, and handbrake stops and mm. handbrake turns and stuff. Mm. That's all him. That's all him. It's beautifully mounted action, you know, yeah. and obviously very simply put together, but 
Will you get on weed with it? Like, will you get enough? Like, will chapter three not be like, oh, you gotta get, you get it. Well, that's the thing. They've done a bit of, um, yeah, the, the, the ending, it's, it's, uh, you've seen it, right? Yeah. Is it fair to say? Oh, I haven't seen either of them. Oh, okay, okay, that's okay. So they well, sort of do with yes. John Wick 2 sort of what they did with Empire in Star Wars 2. Okay. You know, it's that yeah, yeah, it's right. an unusual ending, I suppose. Is that reasonable? It's not, yeah. That's a misdirection as well, really, but it is it is it is an ending where chapter th- they they've built a chapter 3 that's exciting. Yeah. Like, the Dark Knight is a is a nice touchstone actually. Okay. Um Nice. Okay, I'm, I'm up for saying it. Have you avoided them for a reason, Chris? Are you? Uh, no, just just I haven't. Them. Yeah, they're mega fun. They are just. Yeah, fun. They look like loads of fun. It's just my like to watch pile. It just grows more and more every day. Yeah, yeah, There's a lot to do. You can slip it up towards the. You know, yeah, it's worth being at the top of the pile. Imagine between. if Red Two was as good as Red. <laughs> I don't watch Red. No, there was a Red Two. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Helen, Helen Mirren is back as everyone's favourite sniper. Both are oh, impossible cool. to remember, whereas both John Wick films are possible to remember. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? Have you seen anything good recently? Or anything bad? I don't know. I'm trying to think about the last... Uh, the last film I saw at the cinema was L. Oh, yeah, you said. Now, I really want to see that. And I'm a bit of a glutton for... Punishment. I want to see it. I'm going to see it in the double bill with that, that and Raw because, yeah. frankly, two two stories of a kind of female awakening via horrendous, horrendous imagery and situations sounds like my cup of tea. That's the way I want to <laughs> yeah, spend yeah. a day in a cinema. If you want to have your little rape marathon, that's oh. okay. <laughs> so, um, but no, they sound empowering. It's not about like it's just how like, brick. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's just going to the cinema. He's talking about a double bill. <laughs> when true, did that true. escalate? L, L is about is what? Escalated? What's it about? What's L about? Uh, it's really difficult to talk about what that film's actually about because it's what ostensibly um, happens in the story. No, the, the main. Wait, is this the Hubert film? Mm, yeah, directed by Verhoeven. She got the nomination and thing, and it mm. is Verhoeven. Mm. And Verhoeven has got real strong. I don't think it's like I don't think it's like your Robocops or your Showgirls. Um, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> but no, it it's but really it like brutal. literally the opening scene is uh, a rape and by someone in a mask, and basically she tries to figure out who it was whether it's someone she works with or a neighbour. She doesn't report it and tries to figure it all out. And the film is really, really great. It sounds horrible. The film is the most challenging thing I've seen in a while. And also her character, the L, is amazing. And it's probably like one of the best female roles I've seen in a film for ages, well, this is, this which is, is really good and also really sad. She's really complicated and I can't even think of a similar this was the touchstone point. There was a thing where there was a thing where where, um, where people were complaining because they thought the film was misogynistic, and Verhoeven said, "No, I'm not saying this is every woman. You're being misogynistic by thinking I'm saying this is womanhood. It's this character. We're doing a character piece. This is what this woman would do in this yeah, situation because no, she, she is this character. Her characters, not all women. It, her character is incredibly captivating, but right. the whole film is just not easy. Nothing is easily explained. No character 
makes complete sense. Everyone's very. It's a very very complicated film. It's really difficult to talk about without. That actually sounds a lot like the most challenging film I've seen this year, um, which is Gods of Egypt. <laughs> exactly the same things. <laughs> Almost imperceptible character work. <laughs> um, extraordinary scenes that are almost impossible to explain. Uh, I mean, it's got a skyboat, so... Oh, cool. A skyboat? Oh, yeah. There's one of those now, actually. And Baron Munchausen. No, no, up above that, now. like over, over the atmosphere. Like a spaceboat. But... Isn't that shit? I don't... Elle's not got one of them. No. Um, it does she does run a video games company though, to bring it back mm. um, but I tell you what I have been watching actually uh, on uh, I bought the collection of have any of you seen The Human Condition no no uh, 50s f- lost me already I think, I think it's, they start in 58 um, does it have Kurt Douglas if it's a no I haven't seen it <laughs> okay so one of my favourite one of my, one of my favourite films is Harakiri the uh it stars Tatsuya Nakeda and Ma- it's directed by Masaki Kobayashi. I looked that up before we started. Kobayashi, <laughs> is that where they got the mug name in, 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 in Kobayashi Maru? Usual Suspects. Oh, yeah. As well. Um, T Kobayashi. Maybe it's just a common word. Name. It probably, probably means something really. Soldiers evoking the Kobayashi Maru. Mm. Very true. Um, fuck. Do you feel <laughs> that maybe. We're not on the same weight class <laughs> in cinema when terms. it comes to cinematic taste. It's about to make your lives better. Oh, do, please, do. please do. It's not worth it. No, it is. It is. <laughs> Don't let me. Don't let me. Uh, impossibly poor taste. Harakiri is like a classic samurai film. Okay. And it, it, it's a really, it's an amazing film. Like it's actually brilliant. Um, and I really wanted to see more that the director had done. And he made a three-part. In Japan, it's six, but three-part World War Two epic called *The Human Condition*. That is about a pacifist's slow deterioration over the course of the war as he's drafted. I bought the collection. It went straight in my buyer's remorse pile of things <laughs> I have bought that I haven't yet to watch, like *Salo* and mm. *M* mm. and other films I just haven't got around to watching. *Gods of Egypt*. Gods of Egypt is definitely the best at the top, actually. Like, will remain there forever. Um, <laughs> I then watched the first one, and it's genuinely incredible. It, the the I am three. I'm watching the Japanese one, so there's six films, and I'm three in, uh, and it's amazing. It's no one's talking about this film, and I don't understand why it doesn't end up on any like best film of all time. It's in mm. Japanese, but but <laughs> Japanese stuff is like weirdly. Loads of people watch Japanese stuff. I know that, but there are like small brackets of like anime it's garbage. Still niche over here in the West, isn't it? Because it is. Go so to any alien. HMV that doesn't exist anymore. I, I disagree with that. Like, uh, certain films have come out which have just like taken over. Like, for example, Old Boy. Like, the the, the original movie is Korean, it's mm. South Korean, and that's still done. That is still very very popular. Posters Japanese. Mate. <laughs> Godzilla. He's Japanese. He's a bit of a breakout, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no, I'm being a little bit facetious, it's true. Uh, and yes, Asian cinema, that blend. I saw something only last night that was almost entirely set in the Christ Almighty, what was it? But it was almost entirely and unnecessarily set in China because 
obviously it was Chinese money that I think funded. Is this the Great Wall? The film? No, no, that that does sound like a total disaster. It was something I think like. I meant to be right. Is it Zhang Yimou? It is, but it is, apparently but... not on fire. Yeah, but he's depending on how self-indulgent he is, depending on how good his stuff is. I think we're talking more. Klaus Golden of, Flower, whatever it is, yeah. That one no one watched. Not Flying Daggers, the one after that. And Flying Daggers was tipping the. Mm, oh, wait, it, it was wasn't Flying Daggers. It was a bit. It was, Hero it was, was no crouching. Hero's great. Raise the Red Lantern Hero's is great. amazing. Hero's an amazing. We watched that together a couple of times. Um, yeah, but yeah, stuff. Western stuff is going. That's right. It was all set in Hong Kong. Oh, that's right. I tried to watch the first episode of the new Rush Hour TV series. It was very much set in Hong Kong with Chinese. Oh, is this a thing that's happening? Weapons. I didn't even know yeah. they did Rush Hour. The Lethal Weapon show is great. Is it? Really? <laughs> Don't tell everyone. <laughs> Immediately. It's really fun. It's okay. really fun. I'm up for it's that. Right. Lethal Weapon 1 is one of my favourite films of all time. It's I... not the Lethal Weapon films. <laughs> yeah, uh, calm down. Can't replicate chemistry. Has everyone finished Walking Dead new series? Uh, okay. I've, I've given up. Okay. Did you watch the finale? What day is it? Tuesday. It was on last night. Mm. I didn't I haven't had a chance to watch last night's episode yet. Okay. Well, up to date with the comics. But, um, oh, me too. What? How? You, uh, yeah, I'm still, I've only just started the Whisper of War in the comics. Oh, yes, it's finished. In single issues. You understand that the way you just said that made it sound like the comic books had finished. No. It's like, ah, I'm not ready, I'm not ready. I think it's, it's been... one of the few things keeping image going. Yeah. Mm. It's all image. That is all image. Um, they don't quite sell the same. Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty. That's a TV show we should all talk about just, yeah. just briefly. Yeah. So episode one of series three was on on April the 1st and got yeah. pulled straight away. But some kindly souls tried to put it on YouTube and they got pulled after it. So there were a few people got to see it. Did you see it? Yes. Are you are you a Rick and Morty person? I've seen the Missing Just that episode. It's it's it, they're all like that. They're really funny interpretations of quite huge philosophical or scientific quandaries. Yeah. Um, usually with a lot of filth in it as well. Right. But this this so what did you think? What did you think of this this new episode? Um, I feel like it was. Uh, I think it was a good start. Yeah. It was a good start. Okay. I mean, that's the I, 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 Whenever I when I watched the first two seasons, I watched episode straight up to episode. Sure. Like sure. I watched both seasons. Sure. So. So easy. Yeah, so I, I, I kind of have seen them as seasons as a whole, not as individual episodes. So it's hard to judge right now. Um, I've been pondering what you were saying earlier. Yeah. Yeah, you should repeat that. I found it really exciting. I found it satisfying on the story level, because obviously there's a lot of cliffhangers from season two. Well, a big cliffhanger from season two. They take care of a lot of stuff. It looks great, and the actions they ramped it up. It looks it's great, and 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 again, it does have a cool sci-fi thing about it. Yeah. Several actually, so it is a good episode of Rick and Morty. However, it didn't make me laugh once. I can't remember laughing I, the whole episode. I was going to say I don't think it was that funny of an episode. I like that it was a massive, big sci-fi concept. It, it was, was absolutely way, insane. It was way cleverer than it was funny. It way yeah. Cleverer. It was also really dark. Yeah. It was. Yes, I know, I know the show's happened. usually dark, but it was really dark. I, um, they've completely jettisoned the idea of any human being have any, having any value, which is a crazy thing for a comedy. It does make me wonder what the rest of the series is going to be like if, if everyone is 
unlikable or making choices that makes them unlike make them unlikable, I don't know that I'm going to enjoy the show. They're already riding, already riding a fairly thin line with Rick being reprehensibly awful all the time as a human being. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't know, I don't know. It's a sociopathic show now, where before it had sociopathic characters. The whole show is just like, clearly just going, we're just going to throw... We, if it gets to that stage... Dan Harmon does this all the time. He's done it, he's done it with... He does it so often, it's so self-destructive. He just starts flinging too much crap at his own audience. Even Community did it sometimes, but particularly Harmontown, Harmon Quest, the film Harmontown. It's all about him ruining his relationship with his audiences as often as he can, and and I, I worry he's going to do it with Rick and Morty, Rick and Morty as well because Justin Roiland deserves a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Justin Roiland deserves some great things. His his VR game, uh, I still always go back to that accountancy. Yeah, it's great. Or accounting. 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 Yeah. It's great. And, and hilarious and you can plunder his, his website there's all the all the original pilots for Rick and Morty and Rick and Morty was originally a, a, a parody of Back to the Future that's why they're called Rick and Morty it's based on Doc and Marty um, but there's an animation like an early version of Rick and Morty had Doc and Marty flying to the 50s and then Doc says the only way we get back to the future is if you suck my balls <laughs> And it's goes, it goes, yeah, it's things like that. The conversations that go on from there. No, no, yeah, it is things like that. Um, and it do, he does it funny. I think that's what he wanted. That's the show he wanted to make. And then Dan Harmon came in with his self-destructive alcoholism and went, "No, let's let's make it about a really self-destructive alcoholic." <laughs> like, okay. Um, so I only really know Dan Harmon from Community, and I liked Community a lot. Mm, like at that point, it was my favourite show. Sure, and, sure. And, but. I, it then just went really self-indulgent and it suffers from the same thing that, that some of my favourite people who make TV are like oh, Joss Whedon oh. <laughs> yourself no, don't do that. Uh, and Stephen Moffat and people like that and they're all people that at one point I thought were geniuses Joss Whedon I still do think is a yeah. genius and then have just get so self-indulgent that I find it like Stephen Moffat first episode of Sherlock I was like this is incredible mm. this is absolutely brilliant mm. Mm. Um, the best episodes of Doctor Who were Stephen Moffat Blink yeah and, and now it's all just like yeah, please Dan Harmon the, the, the first three seasons of Community the first two were really strong and then it was just like guys stop reading about stuff people have written about you on the internet we were having a chat about this oh. about Grant Morrison very briefly too briefly one of the best should be one of the he is the greatest writer of all time. Amazing. Amazing comic book writer. But now writes endless, endless amounts of gibberish. No. No. <laughs> gibberish. No. It is all... It's, it's Explain the background. The de- de- death of Bruce Wayne is a, 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 a crucial... It's a, it's a tipping point for Grant it's Morrison fans. It was amazing. You can't kill an idea. <laughs> Batman's an hey, idea. his ideas are phenomenal. Batman Incorporated is one of the best ideas... That anyone has ever had for so Bruce much Wayne fun. To do. What a great run! But what a load of bollocks! <laughs> no, it was amazing. Lord Deathman of Japan. Lord Deathman, listen to yourself. Lord Deathman was great. Listen to like, yourself. No, no, no. I like Jibber Central. I like these big ideas. They're really good. Grant Morrison's really good. Ugh. We're going to need to wrap the show up before it comes to blows. Um, <laughs> one last talking of talking of big large scale gibberish. 
Let's just end with the new Justice League trailer. Everyone seen it? No. Oh. I'm not going to watch anything. Okay. Yeah. Why, why, is why is that? Why is that? I'm excited. The opposite. Oh, you're not going to watch anything including the film? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I don't give a That's crap. a good way about That is Everybody a good way of avoiding spoilers. It's, like, <laughs> it's going to be shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, there, there is a it is a weighted question a little bit, and we do have to wrap things up very shortly. But briefly, Rowan, like there's there's I've got boxed Batman comics in the attic. Rowan's got a tattoo of the man on his shoulder. It's I can't express how sad I am about what they've done to Batman. Again. Even even to the extent again. I think again again they've done it several times before. Um, I feel a little bit sorry for Ben Affleck because mm. he's a bit of a comic book dweeb. Yeah. And He's also yeah. pretty good casting for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. In that he's an obnoxious yeah. prick. Like no, he comes <laughs> he across he like that. Yeah, he comes yeah. across like that. But he's got kind of a weird intensity about him. Like you think he's going to punch a guy. Mm. Yeah. And and I quite liked that. Mm. You're looking at me like no, yeah. no, I'm listening. I thought he was pretty good. I thought Bruce he was. Wayne. I thought his Bruce Wayne was good in what what Bruce Wayne gets up to in um in not Manchester in in BVS was good. It's what Batman got up to that that, that was my problem. With Shoot people, BBS. gunman. I yeah. don't. Okay. <laughs> well, the I don't is... mind. Weirdly, I don't mind a Batman that murders people, especially if you set him in the context he's of he's mentally older ill. And... He's mentally ill. He doesn't shoot people. His parents were shot. He doesn't shoot people. Okay. Well, it yeah. saved that he wouldn't shoot the Joker in a particular but I believe, I believe the Batman. A, yeah, the exactly. true the true cool thing of Batman because <laughs> he has killed in the comics. But the 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 not according to the canon right now. But yes, yeah, not current canon. Frank Miller. And of course, no, I understand that. So look, here's the thing about Batman. He's a detective. And to be a detective, you have to be really, really, really smart. Really smart. And so all of the best Batman stories, the reason why Batman as a character attracts the best writers because it attracts the smartest writers. So you get outstanding work out of people like Alan Moore. And, I mean, everyone, everyone. When they come to write a bit of Batman, even Neil Gaiman, oh my God, it's so clever. So brilliant. This Batman is being written by Zack Snyder, and it is the best that Zack Snyder can do. For Zack Snyder, this Batman is the cleverest thing he's ever written. And for the rest of the planet, we are dumbfounded at mighty morphing power rangers of stupidity from our Batman, who's walking around going, What is that? That's not Batman, that's fucking Hulk. <laughs> thing Batman doesn't do this one what the fuck I just smashed up the boxes no to be fair, the cleverest thing the cleverest thing Bruce Wayne does in BVS is spend spend what seems to be a couple of months plotting a murder unbelievable a figure, oh, just unbelievable um, oh. so, so why why specifically is Justice League going to be bad though not, not forgetting everything that's come before why is Justice League going to be bad? I was ranting about this earlier about the the interpretations of the characters. Mm, yeah. Like Marvel, as a as a place that makes films now, for all of their problems, seem to be somewhat respectful of most of their characters. Even if they do end up all with the same tone and feel, and everyone's just a bit too witty and a bit too yeah. Tony Stark. Yeah, they're it's the amazing they've fans. done as many films as they have, given that their bad guys are rubbish. Yeah. Yeah, but all the bad guys, guys DC has all the bad fun. guys and with Justice League they've suddenly gone oh if we don't put some comedy here we're in trouble so now all we're getting is all of the comedy 
Just oh, we've done it's so, so much. Written. It's so written. The, the, one of the jokes in it, Flash says to Bruce Wayne, "So, what are your superpowers?" And Bruce Wayne goes, "I'm rich." So it is acknowledged that is a piece of comedy that acknowledges decades of fans. sacrifices the character yeah. for whom it is very important that no one knows he's Bruce Wayne. <laughs> it is so important to him. We can't go marching around going, I'm as rich as Bruce Wayne, yo. <laughs> I think that it's just... But the, Zack Snyder can. My, my thing, <laughs> so clever, Zack Snyder. The problem is, is everyone, it seems, are making these films and they kind of hate the characters. Like, they're sat around going, like, Superman's stupid. Let's make it gritty and realistic, because that's what you want from Superman. Uh, like, uh, the villains as well. It's like the Joker. Joker's kind of shit, isn't he? Like, let's, <laughs> let's, let's put him in a cool suit and, like, you, you know, Captain Boomerang, that's a dumb idea. Let's not do that properly. <laughs> Aquaman. Aquaman's awful. Who would even want Aquaman? But we're going to make it better. Because we know what we're doing. Because Aquaman's stupid. I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. They think they're making all the characters better and ignoring the fact that these characters have been done better for, for decades, years, for, for so long. Yeah, for so long. I mean, for me, Batman is the single greatest uh, fictional character ever ever come up with. The amount of st- the sheer amount of stories spawned. And I know we've got Apollo and all those guys. And we've got, you know, Finn McCool and whatever. And then now, with more recently, Sherlock Holmes, yes, yes, whatever. But Jesus Christ, man, people put Batman stories on pillowcases. It's mental, <laughs> in a good way, What they, what they, how much story Batman can support. Yeah. And how much good storytelling that character can attract. And bad, the fact that, you know, that one character can sit in an Adam West uh, episode or, or, or a Batman's Adventure cartoon or my chest as a tattoo, whatever it is, <laughs> you know, of course there's a Batman and Robin for every Dark Knight. That's one of the glorious things about Batman. But he's a detective, not a moron. <laughs> so hire not a moron to write it. They use so important. I don't like the way that Batman has been co-opted as this like Republican figure in films. Now, have you guys been like? Because he's a bit Christopher Nolan's films are generally quite right wing. They are. Which, and, it, 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 in the Dark Knight, where he developed that entire system for monitoring everyone, post nine eleven is the uh, Patriot Act. Yeah, as represented. And in the most recent, the Batman vs. It's not necessarily saying it's a good thing in the Dark Knight. There is a there is a critique of they it. They deliberately dismantle it because. Hmm. Power corrupts, kind of thing. No yeah. one could be trusted with this much power. Kanye West said that. Um, uh, <laughs> also cleverer than Zack Snyder. Yes, <laughs> the greatest artist of all time. He's um, more. And in Batman vs Superman, <laughs> Batman says the even if there is a one percent chance that this hmm. guy can wipe us out, we have to strike with a hundred percent certainty. It's a complete lie. Yeah, but isn't that a it's quote? the opposite? <laughs> it's the opposite for Batman. Like, how can Batman not know? That Superman is clearly a force for good. Needs some bloody help. Get in there like a fucking legend. Help (laughs) Superman out a little bit. Then have a falling out and it's earned. It's so simple. Mm. (laughs) Unless you're... Literally the whole franchise is, 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 is being taken forwards by a man who just says, I think that's cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. What drives him is clearly what what he thinks teenagers will say look cool teenage boys and I blame Charles Roven as well 
Charles Roven is he's not done a some good producer. great work in he, his life. He's he's been around great work in his life. Right. Same like Avi Arad. Do you know what I mean? When right. he got found out, mm. no, no, no. Like <laughs> what you were saying about Marvel, right? They've they've brought Spider Man back. There's no guarantee that Spider Man Homecoming is going to be a good film. What I've sort of understood of it so far, there's still no guarantee it's going to be a good film. But it will be fine. Strange is not the best film, but it's fine. Ant-Man's not the best film, but it's kind of fun. It's grown on me. And Spider-Man will be the same because they do put their characters on film. And when those characters are taken by other studios, those characters are not put on film. And at that point, it's not a film about those characters. That's it. That's it. You've been writing these things for 80 years. Just do the films with them. Trust mm. You don't have to Michael Bay everything. <laughs> Zack Snyder is a is an idiot's. Idiot. That's an amazing thing I was about to say. Michael Bay is an idiot's Michael Bay. So Zack Snyder is some kind of <laughs> I feel really bad because so, I've had a soft spot for some so, so long. I loved Dawn of the Dead. I liked Three Hundred. I I, 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 I liked Watchmen, Watchmen but yeah. it was a tipping point. Mm. But I still I think it stands up. I don't necessarily think that he was in control of it. But it does stand up as a very... I mean, it's almost shot for shot in a way. Um, I don't credit his intelligence for the success of that film. Uh, and then Sucker Punch was the moment oh, I went, oh, hang on, wait, what? Sorry? <laughs> and then that was followed up by The Legends of Guahu, oh, which was a cartoon about warrior owls. Okay, let's give this guy Batman. <laughs> let's not waste any time now. I think I think he's clearly a very good visual filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, but he shouldn't be involved in the script stage at all, no. or frankly, the design. He's a good, he lights well, he shoots well. Maybe he should be a director of photography. Maybe he should get someone else to talk or to the actors. Just retire. He's probably rich. Yeah. No, he loves it though. He loves his job. Who would you get to direct? I know who I'd get to write Justice League. Who would you get to direct a Batman film? I would have been. Who, which director should have started the? Uh, give, given, given, given Argo Spiffle. and the town. I know we're running very late. Given Argo and the town, I, I would have been quite interested in Ben Affleck's um, I agree. Batman. I would have. I would have. It's a shame that's not going to happen. I think David Fincher makes quite good detective films. So. Yeah, yeah. Zodiac. With, with Zodiac. Bruce Wayne yeah. in it would have been amazing. Yeah. I've watched the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, that's what they need to do. That's kind of what I was hoping Affleck, the Batman, was going to be. Was Batman solving a murder mystery in Gotham? That kind of thing? Yeah. It could have led to a conspiracy that leads to a big boss. Fine. Um, but they, I, I'd love to see a cinematic interpretation of Batman where it starts small, where he's, he's investigating a street mugging that led to a murder. Because that's so much resonant with... The trouble for intimidation was going to be, actually. Yeah. My Justice League, I think... Um, uh, regret not ever getting to see George Miller's Justice League. Mm. That would have been. But no one trusted George Miller. But for 20 years, he was persona non grata. He made Fury Road, and everyone, oh yeah, he's amazing. George Miller's amazing. Everyone loves George Miller. No, no you didn't. Look, no. Happy Feet was the last film he was yeah. allowed to make. Great, great film. It is a great, great film. Soundtrack. It's horribly dark. That 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 yeah. that mesmerically hallucinatory bit where the where he's in a he's in a zoo. Yeah. And humans are watching him. That's terrifying. That's more bleak than any flipping horror film. I hate um, it. I'm going to leave on air. That's okay. I'm so we'll, sorry. We'll, 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 I think we're going to wrap it up, yeah? Yeah. We've been going cool. for no, no, two talk hours. Talk about me behind the back. <laughs>
the arrogance of the idea that we would do that. Um, could and should be a topic of conversation. Let's um, let's 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 wrap it up and talk about. What's any... the biggest question at the end? I Danny? know, I know. We'll do another one soon. We'll, yeah. we'll, Nothing. If to you guys, about. if you guys would indulge our company for another edition in the future, some point, then we'll get we'll really get to the bottom of this whole Marvel <laughs> DC thing. Let's ask the big ones up top. I know because we've got to talk. There was Joss Whedon directing Batgirl. There's a lot yep. to discuss. Like DC have. Okay, no, uh, Rohan, we might have to carry on talking with that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, man. Sorry, there is a whole subject that's just opened up there. All right, well, if I don't go now, I'm going to shit myself. So, <laughs> uh, on that note, fare thee well. Thanks for having Cheers, me. Cheers, Rohan. Right. See you in the next Cheers. one. You, man. I genuinely don't know what to do now. Having brought up the whole Joss Whedon's about to direct Batgirl, that's a whole other topic of conversation that I feel is timely enough that we should cover it now. And it feels, again, yet another thing that DC are doing wrong. The idea of getting Joss Whedon... No, no, no. Don't get me wrong. Buffy is my favourite. You can see I've got a little Joss Whedon section with all the Buffy comics and all that stuff. Okay? I love how you have to justify it. No, I, no, I can... It's just an instant... It's, it's instant proof that I like Joss Whedon. Mm. Right, but... <clears throat> a collector's edition of Buffy on DVD. That's worthless. Except that it's... It's not signed. Rohan has a, that box which is signed by Anthony Stewart Head. Very jealous. Um... Because we made a film with him. <laughs> He's amazing. Anyway, um, but Joss Whedon, yeah, would have been the right guy to get in before Avengers and before Zack Snyder. But that, that, that Warner Brothers are now going, ah, ah, what do we do, what do we do, what do we do? Uh, Joss Whedon, Batgirl. That's weak. That's some weak sauce that they're doing there, isn't it? Too little, too late. Yeah, I feel like it is too little, too late. I feel like... That's why I said I have no faith in anything Warner Bros. are doing in DC. Like, I just, I'm, I don't plan to pay any attention to it. Certainly not any money. I think, yeah. I think the problem is, is I think they're all going to be successful and they're going to keep on doing it for a while. Just, just Whedon, is, I assume it's Barbara Gordon, Batgirl. Yeah. I, I, he's a really good choice for that. Like, he's a really good choice for that. It's going to be shit. I don't know about that, man. When Dollhouse came out, remember Dollhouse, before Avengers, um, you had Dollhouse. And Dollhouse, I remember watching Dollhouse and going, okay, Joss, we get it. Teenage girls with superpowers. We, we, we get it. We get that you um, like that as a genre. And it is everything. It is in everything he does. Buffy, it's Dollhouse, it's, um, it's, uh, it's Firefly. River is that. River is Buffy, stroke Dollhouse. I... <laughs> Echo. I think he can manage the fun, uh, dark ratio quite well. He handles a cast quite well. Mm. He's a comic book geek, uh, which I think is clear. Also, his track record of films is Serenity and Avengers. I think he'd be alright. <laughs> and much do about nothing. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> which is I, really good. Did you see it? I did not see that. But I think he has a... He's got a solid... It's point. like watching an Elseworlds version of Buffy or Angel, because it's the entire cast from all his TV shows, but mm. doing Shakespeare in black and white. It's, quite, it's funny, though. I like it. I like that. Um, no, I, I think... Most of what Just Whedon's done and put out is good. Even Dollhouse... Doll's House? Dollhouse? Dollhouse? Dollhouse. Dollhouse. Um, <laughs> that it, has to be the name of this podcast, because I think in the last... Two minutes that's been said about 30 times. Dollhouse. <laughs> Dollhouse. 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 I, I think that, that show, even though people are kind of write it off now, is actually pretty good and pretty interesting. A lot of the stuff that is being praised about Westworld 
You're really well handled in that. Yeah, Westworld and also um, Orphan Black. Yeah. Owes a lot to Dollhouse. In fact, there's a lot of things he did in Dollhouse even, like the whole um, skipping ahead a number of years. Fringe hadn't done it by that point. Um, I don't think... Um, I maybe Battlestar Galactica had. But anyway, yeah. That idea, that was that was fairly original when he was doing it in Dollhouse. So yeah, he has things about it, but that doesn't necessarily make it... It, it felt like... I really remember watching Dollhouse and going, one more of these, man, and I'm uh, you, you're, you're, you're done. You cannot do another teenage girl with superpowers story. No, I, yeah, I... Th- He's not perfect. I just, I, just, I oh, think he he'd be pretty good for Barbara Gordon. He's only not perfect when other when when there are other forces. I feel like the, 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 the rest of the DCU, the movie one at least, is in tatters. So yes. whatever they make now is going to kind of be off of that. They've got the worst foundation to build from. Yeah, exactly. And we've yeah. already in previous editions discussed their release pattern, which is nonsense as of. It's June next year. Jesus. June 2018 is the time when DC are finished. Because their release schedule is March 2018 Aquaman, May 2018 Batman, June 2000 or July 2018 um, The Flash. That is a that is three films across five months or whatever. It's going to be... It, I mean, that is, that is suicide. They're, that is suicidal. They're going to do well. They will do well. But how well is well these days? Superman, Man of Steel, sorry, bought in, I think, 600 million. Now, in any, on any planet, that should be a good amount of money for a film to make. Mm. But when you're expecting a billion easy, 600 is going to be something of a blow, surely. Wasn't Batman vs Superman one of the highest grossing films of all time? For that week, and then everyone saw it. And then yeah. everyone was just like, wow. That's the thing, you can open big, you can open big with any film that you give enough publicity to, but then the real telltale sign is... Because I can't remember the last time when a big blockbuster didn't seem to beat some kind of box office record. Yeah. When Jurassic World came out, that was the biggest opening weekend. And when Deadpool came out, that was the biggest opening weekend for an R-rated... You know, all these things. Very like, true. Um, so yeah, I don't know quite how those work when you... Maybe when you include inflation and stuff like that in it. It doesn't quite pan out that way. I, I feel like, um, critically at least, it will, it, none of it's going to do any well. It's all going to suck. I think the like the fans, particularly referring to the people on Rotten Tomatoes, that it's going to be rotten. <laughs> yeah, I had hopes for Wonder Woman. I, I thought Patty Jenkins was a interesting choice, and uh, yeah, apparently that's Bilge as well. So, Reports yeah. from the set. Are bad, yeah, mm. yeah. People on the crew say it is not good, which is unfortunately because of Gal, da- Gal Gadot. Gadot. Apparently she's she looks great, but she can't do the acting. Apparently, that's why her she. I mean, she doesn't look like a warrior at all. But I think she does the war cry when she's fighting. I think she looks good. Like she looks warrior like. I. She's she's clearly physically bold, and you know I like her war cry. That makes a big difference. I, I think she looks good. Like she's obviously stunning, and she looked like in this the suit and outfit. She looks great, mm. and I'm like, I would watch this, but it's, uh... <laughs> do you know who doesn't look good in the suit? Is Cyborg. That looks like a child. That looks like a child's drawing off. of a robot. Even the Flash. The Flash looks, looks pretty good. But yeah, but he's got all these no, rope. No, he's got all these little lace bits to his outfit. Yeah, but the thing is, the I feel Flash. like at, at least it looks like a kind of different kind of imagining of the okay. Flash. Cyborg looks totally right, off. That right there is the problem, isn't it? 
yeah. that the, the, they feel the need to do a different imagining of a thing. Well, it's not as when, extreme when, as the Joker. <laughs> don't know the flat. I mean, look at Barry Allen in that film. He, they were just like, no, do you know who's a great character? Peter Parker. That's, just, <laughs> that, that, that's not Barry Allen at all. No, it's not, is it? And Aquaman is not. The, the, Aquaman, they're like, do you know what's better than Aquaman? Carl Drago from that two star <laughs> HBO show. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Um, we got it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. <sighs> Fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad, it is sad, it is sad. Will you go and see them all? Uh, I didn't see Suicide Squad, the Oscar winning Suicide Squad. So. Oh, that. That no, is no, terrible. No, no, you're not allowed to okay. talk about it. I, I didn't see it, but I will see it eventually, just to see how much they ruined characters that I really like. Because I, I moaned about that film when I saw the trailer about how Harley Quinn is now just apparently just slightly cheerleader. That's her character now, and that made me really sad. And I will watch it. I don't want to. Okay, you can talk about it. Yeah. As an editor, particularly, uh, you will find the film execrable on a whole new level. Like it is, it is appalling. But let's not, yeah, no, let's not do this to ourselves. So, what's, what's I'm not what, expecting it to be good. What's coming out that is good? Surely, something to leaven the DC nightmare. Guardians of the Galaxy is out of the end, okay. like we did mention. I'm nervous yeah. about that now. Really? Why? Because the first one was just such a wonderful treat, yeah. um, and, and like felt like everything about it was like the underdog that very few people yeah. seem to have faith in, and it was great. Now everyone's saying that Guardians of the Galaxy Two is going to be great. That's not, um... and and that just makes me a little bit worried because I because I've moaned to you at least about how disappointed I am in the new Star Wars films mm. in that how safe they were, and I still think it's. A bit sad that the best Star Wars film of recent years is Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know if it's oh, it's riding its hype train I, too I, much. I, yeah, I, I feel I feel um, because Guardians of the Galaxy was quite an alien property to the general public and me me included. Like I'm not a massive comic book guy, um, and I was really pleasantly surprised. I feel like this isn't going to have that same kind of initial impact on me at least. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm still, I, I still don't feel nervous in the fact that I think it'll be a bad movie. I just don't feel like I'll have the same feeling. And then because of that, a lot of people are going to think, oh wait, this isn't as good as the first one. Um, I, you know, I think as well that I can't, I've read this quote and I can't remember who said it, but, um, comic books in general are difficult because they're always act two. You get your origin story. And then you just have to keep going. Mm. You don't ever get the real ending. And the films have now got to do that. And the Guardians 1 got the great origin. And got everyone coming together and was really fun and delightful. Mm. But then now there is a backlash against going. origin stories. Everyone's going, no more origin story please. So that's why, thank God we're not getting a fourth Spider-Man origin story. You know, Fourth? Third? How yeah. many there have been in the last yeah. 15 years? Feels like a lot of time somehow. I'm optimistic about Spidey. That must be coming up. Homecoming looks good. There's some nice jokes in the trailer. It does feel like whenever DC release something to go, hey, we're doing something right now, aren't we? Please, please tell us we're doing something right. Marvel immediately release a thing that makes you go, no, we're doing it right. 
And so the Justice League trailer comes out and it's got some really hand-fisted comedy in it and some stuff that Snyder thinks is supposed to look cool. And then the, Spy- the new Spider-Man Homecoming trailer came out a few days ago and it's full of effortless wit. I, I haven't actually seen the new trailer, but I'm... It's good. It's got, those, it's got moments of effortless comedy. It's got quips that don't feel written. They feel like something a character would say mm-hmm. as, a, as a funny thing to say at a moment. Uh, and, and they've got action beats that look good because they're interesting because they have something about them rather than just a, a dynamism of the Batmobile coming towards you quickly. It's, 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 they, they feel choreographed and, and well done. Yeah, I think, I think it looks like... I'm not a Spider-Man fan at all. But I'm quite looking forward to Homecoming. Um, Did anybody watch uh, Iron Fist? I've seen. We watched the first few episodes. I, I we got about halfway through. I love Jessica Jones. Yeah. I really like Daredevil, and series two of Daredevil came close a couple of times to to, to me going. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to carry on with this, but the Punisher brought it back, and, yeah. and there's a couple of bits around series two that were really really good. Um, Luke Cage is a great character. I'm a huge fan of the Alias uh, comics. Luke Cage is amazing. But I couldn't get through the series. We got about halfway through it, two thirds of the way through it. And they, they, they kind of painted themselves into a corner so much in the early part of the series by saying, for example, every episode has to have a musical scene in it. Mm. A, a music, a kind of live music scene, soundtracking something cool happening. It doesn't yeah. make sense if... Um, Marshall Ali's M- character. I don't know how to say but his, 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 his Cottonmouth. Cottonmouth, yeah. Is dead. The club's not open. Like, do you really have to kind of shoehorn music acts into honestly, the Honestly, like, do that? that was the, the, the point in the in the series where I lost kind of. I, I didn't. I stopped enjoying it because I thought he was actually building up to be a great villain. Mm. You know, not. He wasn't. He didn't. He wasn't like a super villain or anything right. like that. But he was still a great villain. It feels very arbitrary. It feels like the effect of they wanted to kill him for the effect of surprise it would have on the audience, rather than the effect it would and give the, the story. And the fact that they had to shoehorn someone, a villain, in that actually had some sort of powers. Well, I don't know what you're talking about because I haven't got that far. Okay. And I am three episodes in and didn't know about. Oh, no, that's not this. I, I really liked Jessica Jones. I really liked that. <laughs> Ever since they announced this, the, the Marvel series, the one I've been waiting for is Iron Fist. That I have you watched it? No, I haven't. The reviews have been. I wanted to watch finish watching Luke Cage. I made the mistake of making the Marvel shows something I watch with my girlfriend, and <laughs> I we watched that. I want to binge watch them all. Slows it right down. <laughs> yeah, uh, and Iron Fist has been this show I've been waiting for. Really. And I love Iron Fist as a character. Oh, I love Paramount and Iron Fist. That run was amazing. But Iron Fist specifically. Immortal Iron Fist, the Brubaker fraction run of the comics, is amazing. If you guys have not read that, you should, because it's brilliant. Fraction as in Matt Fraction? Yeah. I love him. Yeah, uh, have he, you read Sex, Sex Criminal? Yeah. It's great. Um, it's really great. Um, it's, uh, the, only, the only problem with Sex Criminals is its title, because it is impossible to ask for or talk about. Yeah, no. Uh, Especially but, like, oh, I'm talking to my mother-in-law, can you get me Sex Criminals for Christmas? Like, also the cool. perfect title for that book. Yeah, sure. sure um, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, it's a deliberately stupid title. Robocop. It's a terrible name, but it works <laughs> so well. Great. Um, great yeah, Iron Fist was the one I was waiting for, and then all the reviews came out, and I was like, I can't have anything, can I? It's not, it's not great. It's it's not bad, but it's not great. 
like it's somewhere in the middle for me. In terms, it is. Do you watch the whole thing? Yeah, I, I, I watched the whole thing. Right. Um, that is an indication of its quality. Does he not wear the suit? No, because he has such great design. The thing that I haven't actually watched it, but the review, every review I've read is like, I think it would be really cool if we had a kung fu show. Like, a, like imagine a, a show with like kung fu fights in it every week. That's amazing. Everyone would be on board for that. And apparently, according to every review, the fight scenes are. None of the action is as good as the action in Daredevil. Yeah, we, we were spoiled they, they, by that. The fight Daredevil had some Daredevil. great. It wasn't just that one no, one no, shot no. fight. That yeah. all the fighting in Daredevil was really flipping good. Yeah. In Iron Fist, there's. Uh, I think I saw a thing on Facebook that kind of broke it down. There's a, a 35 second long fist fight that has 56 shots in it. That's why it's boring. You get hugely disengaged. The, everyone knows martial arts films. Even Kung Fu Panda knows that martial arts come alive when you let it go wide and let yeah. the choreography do its thing. Do you think it's because mm. it's made as a TV show and that they don't have the time? If it's about time... No, no, there are ways around that. There are stunt doubles you can use. There are ways of, yeah. of, of really diminishing... Yes, you diminish the authenticity to an extent, and I suppose a martial arts show should have a martial arts master at its as its protagonist. Have a guy who knows kung fu to be a kung fu guy in a kung fu show, mm-hmm. and and Danny Rand, the guy playing Danny Rand, seems to know some kung fu. So it's quite surprising they don't show him doing it. They do cut, 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 cut fighting. Yeah, no, I feel like that the action should have been the focal point of of the series. What's the point if it's not? What is the point if it's not? Uh, there is a... The, the, the trailers make it look like all the worst parts of Batman Begins. The kid comes back from the East having learnt some martial arts to find that his father's business has been taken over by corruption and clears it out. That, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a, a common thread in comic book heroes. That's not the bit that's going to make the show stand out. The stuff that's going to make the show stand out is Danny Rand's character and the fighting that he does. There's not... Neither of those two things. I think it's also it's a hard sell as a show. Like Iron Fist, isn't it? Is it though? Isn't it just the stage now where if Marvel went got a new Netflix show coming out? It's about a bloke who has an exploding fist, basically. No, no, no. That's great. Show me that. But it's very much of its time now. I love Iron (laughs) Fist, and I love most of the runs, uh, and I think he's a great character. However, it's coming at a time when two of the big Biggest like cult trends in film were black exploitation films, which is where we get Luke Cage, and kung fu films, which is where we get Iron Fist. Luke Cage, as we see him on TV, is not Luke Cage of seventies comics. He's been heavily updated. They do do a very very big nod to that. There's a there's a no spoilers, but later in the series, there's a bit of an origin episode. He finds himself wearing a yellow t-shirt, a crown and, and gold bangles because of a series of things that have happened to him. And he kind of goes, oh, and kind of takes it off as if to say, I look shit. That's, and I, I assume that, I haven't, again, I haven't seen the show, but I assume his origin is the prison experiment, crime he didn't commit, great, perfect, blah, blah, blah. Really easy to update. But, but Iron Fist is, I don't want to use the word problematic, but <laughs> it is very much of its time of it. It's like, to make that show and make it really work, you kind of have to embrace the Orientalism of it, in that it's a mystical Chinese city and he punches the heart of a dragon. 
I don't know that stuff. That, that sounds stuff. great. Yeah. All we know, all I know it's, so far, I've seen, seen a few episodes. All I know is Kunlun was one of the seven capitals of heaven, which I wasn't expecting yep. him to yeah. say. And um, I know that because I watched Sunday, the TV show Sunday Brunch. Um, I know that halfway through the series, a new nemesis is added, who's played by an Indian guy. Um, is he Indian? Apparently so. Oh. Yeah. Well, no, I mean he definitely is in real life. Okay, right. So he's not supposed to be in the in the show. He's, but okay. I assume he's supposed to be some kind of Tibetan. No, Kunlun. Where are they from? South American. They would all oh. be Chinese because it's yeah. Right. The, he, he's the only white person to have set foot in Kunlun, mm-hmm. or the only non-Chinese person. There are a few non-unsatisfying things about it. The way the plane crash plays out across multiple episodes is very lost. The way Lost dealt with their plane crash. It's like, oh, a piece of the plane comes off, someone gets sucked through, and then that's the, as much as you're going to see next time. It it's it's gradual flashbacks. It's yeah. like, here's a little bit of the flashback. Here's it mm. extended a little bit. Here's it extended a little bit more, mm. uh, which was quite frustrating. Yeah, I agree. I, I, did, I, I have a big old quandary about the Defenders series when it comes out, and, and frankly, Avengers generally, and Justice League. Why, why is teaming up an exciting or good thing for an audience. You have a bunch of different characters. Why, why is them teaming up an impressive thing? I will never be able to recapture the moment I saw Avengers in the cinema and saw them all together. It was beautiful. It's hard but, to but, but it's hard because to. you'd been growing up with those images from the comic books. Yeah. So what I mean no, is, but why? I don't think that that's it. It's uh, it's something a bit more kind of. I don't know if primitive is the, is the right word tribal maybe yeah something like that it's it's like when you see crossovers you know you get excited for crossovers but what is the psychology behind I do I get huge Buffy and Angel sharing series time across different networks in series 5 and series 2 Marvel vs. Capcom oh, amazing yeah <laughs> Right, I get super excited for it, but it's really hard to actually actually that said there's some crossovers I really don't like Chew uh, and revival. revival. I like. I love both those books. I wish they hadn't been a part of each other's world. I thought that was anyway. quite fun. I, I haven't read Revival, but I, I, oh, Revival's I love Chew. But Revival is not a Chew style book. Revival is a serious quarantine com- comic. Whereas Chew is a silly one about food. Anyway. <laughs> and also serious. Both very moving. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and Chew was turning into a TV series. See? Let's watch out for that. But... Yeah, you're right. Chris, there is something thrilling about it. I just yeah. don't understand the psychology. I don't say I don't understand why it is good. And I think Justice League might be the thing that's going to make people ask the same question <laughs> on a wider scale. Why? Why is but this it's good? Weird, it's weird just because you put these League. people stood next to each other. It's weird for Justice League because um, they're jumping into that. They're skipping the majority of the characters' actual movies, which is why it should be exciting. Yeah, because you're seeing all these. Threads come together and yeah, make a single. That's also what they should have done ten years ago, and beat Marvel to it. Mm. Like if it started with the Justice League movie, the Guardians yeah. especially proves you don't need to have origin stories for every character before you put them all in there. Yeah. They just, especially. Although I bet Volume Two does work in some some more origin stories. Well, it's definitely got origin story for Star Lord. Of course. Yeah, right. but the best. The best superhero characters can be summed up really, really quickly. Or they're, they're broad things, like Hulk gets angry. You know, Iron Man, rich. 
Uh, <laughs> iron Fist punches a dragon in the heart and gets the immortal Iron Fist and fights people in tournaments. That's great. You should read that. That sounds great. Sounds well, great. I mean, uh, just as an side, I saw, um, I think he was doing an AMA on Reddit. Uh, James Gunn was talking about uh, a potential spin-off uh, group and uh, Rocket Raccoon movie. Lovely. Lovely. So. What what kind of world is that that we live in where that's a possibility? Mm. Great. Five it years ago, there's no way. Can you imagine someone saying that five years ago and be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Here's a really Who good, are you talking about? Yeah, right, yeah. It's a really good time to be a geek. Yeah. It is. Politically, I think this that's a good way of summarising this whole thing. Politically, I've had a really quite terrible couple of years. But I can't complain because there's so much good entertainment. Yeah. to distract me from the horror of the outside world there's so much good video games they're, they're getting they, they are getting better you can see them getting better and better and better mm. people get it you can't I wonder if it does reach a tipping point where people do start going no you, you've misunderstood what it is like you get the you'll get the Zack Snyder of video games who somehow manages to scrape together triple A games that fundamentally misunderstand what it is people like about them but until then they're just <laughs> No, Kojima is Death Stranding a genius. <laughs> <laughs> Phantom Pain would be the greatest game of all time if it was finished. If it was good. <laughs> no, it's great. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. And some of the best yeah. characterization in every character except quiet. Well, actually, funnily enough, now it's time to begin our regular segment on the show. What do you think Death Stranding is going to be like? <laughs> it's it's going to be a third-person cover shooter. That is what it's going to be, though, isn't it? Stealth sections and probably some on-rails in a vehicle. (laughs) I don't know, like, Wells... Kojima says, in the same way that he invented a whole new type of gameplay with stealth, he is inventing a whole new type of gameplay, a whole new genre or form of gameplay with this stranding idea. It seems to be an umbilical thing. I I will say one thing. I love the... Uh, MGS series and I really loved Phantom Pain and I've loved kind of love all of them uh, It's and it's really sad that he basically got ousted from it yeah it's really cool to see him on a new property that he's getting to seemingly do whatever he wants it's going to backfire Sony are going to realise that the man cannot deliver a project on yeah. time or on budget it was fine with MGS because it was guaranteed to sell but the a thing huge is, amount. I, I feel like now, because of his popularity and because of like the whole industry and everyone is behind him, that none of that is going to matter. I feel like they're going to have to give him um, a lot of leeway, even if he doesn't deliver on time or on budget. But that will happen for one game, and then it might tank. Every- like imagine that it's a new IP that does some really interesting stuff, but it's not. It's not brilliant, but it's just good mm. and it gets 7 out of 10s that's going to tank whatever his company's called Kojima Productions I assume did he get that back from the Konami split uh, I can't remember what it's called I remember the logo I don't remember what it's called <laughs> the helmet the I, remember skull. Ko- I remember Kojima Productions being attached to Death Stranding that sounds right to me okay. but then he's not going to be treated unfairly though is he it's nothing he doesn't the thing deserve is, I, I, like I love by being like, by by by, willfully forgetting the the limitations of the the the, art, the media that, the medium that he works in, you know, mm. if he and, and if uh, like, 
enough enough lessons seem to be learned over the last couple of years for, for people hopefully not to put out an unfinished game. No. Not completely no, unfinished. It's still, it, it keeps happening though. What have been the repercussions yeah. of been putting putting out unfinished games? There's, there, I don't know. Maybe it's, 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 I might be entirely suffering from confirmation bias, but it feels like pre-orders are going to be. How's No Man's Sky, by the way? <laughs> pre-orders are going to not not continue to be a thing. No, people are going to pre-order less. I had my pre-ordered copy of Persona Five turn up today, so I can't really talk. I, I, I always <clears throat> say don't pre-order games, and. <laughs> I pre-ordered the expansion of Hearthstone before all the cards were announced really pleased I did it looks brilliant but pre-orders sorry I'm, as I'm a the side note what is this whole quest card thing about I don't quite understand it I think they're really cool um, sorry please <laughs> there's a new mechanic being added to the game basically where because usually, obviously, at the start of every match, your cards are shuffled and you get them randomly. You don't get to pick the order. This new card, you always get it in your hand, your opening hand. And when you play it, it gives you a quest that both you and your opponent can see. And it will be something like, play seven beast minions or whatever. And if you do that, you get a really specific, really powerful reward. Um, so you have to kind of make sure your deck is entirely built around the concept. Yeah. Mm. But um, well, in the current meta, like, then it's going to be useless because it's usually over by turn, turn four or five, isn't it? So like, yeah, what, uh, it, that that specific quest, play seven beast minions. That sounds like something you, it's going to take a while to do, right? I think it depends on. Uh, it's also. Uh, the meta is also going to change because they're retiring a bunch of cards. They're re- retiring okay. three sets. So things are going to change. The decks that are being played now are going to is be Reno tweaked. Gone? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we, <laughs> I might play it again then. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's also a shame because Reno is one of the best counters to heavily aggressive decks. Because yeah, if, that's true. You know, it doesn't matter if you've got one health on turn six because you could be back at 30 straight away so and they have run though. out of pirates. Um, I'm really sorry. I really, really hope that at least one person listening to this is getting something out of this conversation. Nobody, nobody's <laughs> Sorry. The, 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 I think the quest mechanic's really interesting. It's, it's, a, really, it's a different, you know, way. You, it, also, it's interesting because you, uh, if it's your opponent, you can see it coming. Like, you can play around it. You know that they have to do a certain number of things. So you can deliberately try and stop them doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and, but also, it's like you don't have to use those. The quests are this expansion. They're still Jade Golems, and they're still Cthun and the Old Gods. If yeah. you want to do that, which I think, I think is really exciting. It will be, it will be back to like heavily aggro decks in about uh, two days. <laughs> yeah. But I still, I love Hearthstone. I check my stats on the game. It's not. I, I'm, I'm not like a massive hardcore player, but um, my total wins on ranked hit five hundred. And if I'm winning about 50%, it means I've played a thousand games. Wow. And okay. I, di- I didn't realise it's become my most played game. Wow. Probably ever. That's a big that's a big recommendation, is it? Would no, you recommend I, I re- it? I highly recommend the game, but it's because I can play it when I have ten minutes. When I'm backing up cards on mm. shoots at the end mm. of the day and are watching loading bars fill up, or if I'm rendering something, I can play a few games of Hearthstone. It doesn't really impact mm. 
He's got, I've played a few a few rounds of it. Very the very basic thing. Like I said, I was trying to find Gwent. <laughs> Should go back through last day. Well, something like Gwent. Yeah, yeah. It's Gwent, Gwent, Gwent senior. Though. Um, I think, I think that's an appropriate place to finish. Isn't it? Yeah. it feels, feels somehow circular. Yeah, <clears throat> that it all comes back to Hearthstone in the end. <laughs> Sorry, we've got more to think. We've got so much to talk about, but but maybe in the future, yeah, we'll get to discuss them again. Thank you so much for being a guest on this podcast. Yeah. You've been Thank you for having me. There better, were two of us. You've been a better host than, than we. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, sorry. I'm, I'm very ranty. That's exactly what is good. Um, and Rohan as well. I'm sure he thanks us in spirit. Um, and, uh, yeah. Do, would you, like, let's do a plugs thing. What you got to plug? That's nice. Uh, I have a podcast called Failure to Communicate. It's very good. I've listened to several editions of it. Um you're very kind. And it's always fun. You're erudite and funny. Both you and Lee in it. Uh, yeah, so it's fun. It's good to listen to. I also have another podcast called History Boys that I don't do as much of. Hmm. Which I am trying to get back on top of. Sweet. What's it about? Uh, I don't... I'm really interested in history and I know nothing about it. And um, one of my mates has a, has a history degree and is kind of obsessed with it. And we did one episode of our Failure to Communicate where we talk about films and stuff. And every single person on that episode couldn't explain what Watergate was. And my mate heard the episode and was like, it's the most painful thing I've experienced in my life. <laughs> there are a bunch of, like, four adults cannot, between them, know what Watergate is. And so we did a show about history stuff. Because I've never understood why people hate Margaret Thatcher. I thought when she died and everyone was just, you know, throwing parties, I was like, this is a bit mean-spirited. <laughs> I don't understand why people hate this woman. She closed some mines that weren't making money. I'd probably have done that same decision. <laughs> yes, I'm not... I'm saying from... This is my point. I'm not particularly historically uh, that good. That <laughs> no, I just... I'm really interested in history, but what I know is very specific. And yeah. I don't know big things. Like, I knew of Watergate. I know kind of what it is. I, I didn't... So, so our editions of The History Boys... Are they done by kind of topic then? Or year? Yeah, or? yeah no, done, done by topic. That's fascinating. Our, our most recent listen. one was about uh, tw- uh, 2016 and what we thought would be the most important events that would actually go down in history hmm. and would shape, uh, you know, what would be the defining... Because it's really easy to go Brexit and Trump will be the big things that define hmm. uh, the history of now. Like, when people look back in 50 years, that's what we'll go to. When there's probably some much more interesting stuff, probably some technology stuff that will be much hmm. more impactful than... Uh, eight years of Trump which will definitely happen that's me plugging my shows thank you very much cheers man <laughs> thank you um, we've all, also all of us worked on a telly show together um, called Go 8 Bit DLC that's going to come out at some point on the channel Dave I think it's going to be good from what we've seen it, seems, it looks like yeah. it's going to be good Yeah. Um, we're putting it together in the edit now but it's, it's uh, it could be a funny TV show about video games it will be wow. That's not a thing that's happened as long as I can remember. Um, so yeah, watch out for that. Um, and on that note, should we should we get ourselves out of boss mode? Yeah. Peace out. Bye. <laughs>